The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? Rob Ellis, Tone to Shields, my man. Uh, Sports Take, sure. Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Good to see Tone as always. And let's let's throw some love out right away, Tone. Brotherly tough. Sure. I see you, Mr. Taz. I got you, James Scott. Real RMP Talon72. Uh, Kevin, Jim G, Decoy Gaming, Killer Ferret, uh, Daz, I don't think I missed anybody, Leo. What's up? What's up? What's up? Killer anyway. Ferret always gets me. That's a that's a hell of a name. Whoever came up with that one, Killer Great Ferret. Handle. How you doing? I like the shirt. Shirt's popping. I like it. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, man. Sometimes you gotta uh, represent. Sometimes you gotta represent. So I, I appreciate it, man. Good to see you. Now election day, right? Election day, uh, big day out there. Uh, I just popped past the polls. I did my thing. I did my civic duty. Uh, and, and got out there and voted. So I hope everybody has the opportunity to do that. And, uh, you know, it, it's important. It's important. I don't, I don't tell anybody you have to do this, you have to do that, but I would like to see people exercise their right, their privilege that we have to vote for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. So, ended the, so ended the speech. All right. Um, <laughs> things. I just saw an interesting stat. Let me throw this at you real quick. And I, I want to give props. Uh, Brendan Deeg, uh, who is the uh, NFL news editor for The Score, and, and he's, uh, I think he's good follow on Twitter. But he just put a tweet out with the 2021 NFL coaching hires, okay, which is Nick Sirianni's class, all right? Right. So if you look at it, and this is kind of uh, basing this a little bit off of last night as well, but Sirianni is 31-12 and 12 
in his, you know, what is it now? 21, 22, 23, three, two and a half half years. Two and a half years. Brandon Staley is 23 and 19 from the Chargers. Okay, above 500. All right. Yeah. Dan Campbell, 18 and 23. Now, in his defense, they they were horrendous. Well, so were the Eagles a four-win team when when Nick took over, too. But he's building that back. Arthur Smith, 18 and 25. Robert Sala, 15 and 27. David Culley got fired after going four and 13. Urban Meyer was run out after two and 11. Um, Not bad. Not Not bad. Not not bad at all. You know, and uh, Nick Sirianni, you know, he gets a lot of flack for, you know, his style of coaching. Uh, He gets a lot of flack for uh, his, you know, his personality type. You know, he's a very uh, rambunctious individual, um, very passionate. Uh, extremely Italian, <laughs> you know, as, you as know, he will say his words, his exactly, words, by the way. exactly. So, uh, you know, when you, you know, when you couple that all together, man, uh, uh, and you think about how, you know, how successful he has been and, you know, through the trials, tribulations, the ups and downs, especially having that two and five start, things almost didn't really go end well for him as well. Things kind of got tricky for him, yes. you know, around week seven, week eight. And uh, lo and behold, they made some changes uh amongst who's calling plays and all of a sudden you start to see this offense start to really take shape and being maximized to its fullest potential and you know a lot of people have their own opinions about you know Nick Sirianni and his style of leadership uh how much influence does he truly have on the success of this team and my response is always this regardless if you don't consider him to be the boy wonder of a Sean McVay or a or a a Mike McDaniel or one of those guys, regardless if you don't see him in that light, because those are special individuals, right? They're always these guys who are just, you know, they're schemers and, you know, the Kyle Shanahan's. And they're always those, you know, those boy wonders in the league, right? Mm-hmm. Regardless of how you slice it, Nick Sirianni has had a major impact on this team because at the end of the day, under his tutelage, under his leadership, they're winning. And we've seen what it looks like in other organizations, regardless of how smart the coach is, they're still not winning, Right. Uh, I would never doubt uh, Brandon Staley's uh, football intellect. I would never doubt Josh McDaniel's uh, football intellect. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I would never doubt uh, who else. You know who who else can we name here? Uh, oh, in terms of the, the the sort of boy wonder types. Well, well, well. Just my, the point I'm trying to get to is right. There are these guys who are considered to be super smart at what they do. Yeah, but they fail the most important part. Of managing a football team, and that's I the agree. people. And that's the people part. Yep, and and well, I think that you're great point. It, it, you can be a wizard at X's and O's, and that's fine. You better mm-hmm. connect. You know, it's like any kind of manager in any kind of business. Like you can be super tech savvy, you can really know the business inside and out. But if you don't connect with your employees, you're not going to get the best out of your employees. Um, exactly. And, and I think with when it comes to Nick, I knew it early because of all the heat he was taking from the outside. Like people wanted to kill him for the original zoom that he was doing. And you remember back then, this is like pandemic time. Yeah, well, the pandemic, well, still kind of in it. Game. No one, well, was that the year where they weren't even playing with, uh, no, they were playing with fans that year. That was the year before. But, but think about this. So you're getting like questions just fired at you and you're just sitting there looking at a computer and you're like, uh, you know, trying to, trying to express yourself for who you are. It's a hard thing because people didn't really know the name, too. He wasn't one of these highly touted guys. He kind of came out of nowhere. And then, yeah. of course, it starts off at two and five, the record. It's it's a bad. And then he gives you the, the, the plant analogy, and everybody loses their mind. I knew it when the players, including the older guys, were like, 
we got this guy. We know what he knows what he's doing. We feel connected to him. The the older players very easily could have looked at him side eyed. That's all another thing, right? Kelsey you know, he, and all those guys could have just said, exactly. On, he inherited the organization. See, see here, he was see his greatest blessing could have easily been his greatest curse. Yeah, he inherited an organization that had not only just respected veterans, but respected veterans that actually know what it looks like to win big. Yep. He yep. inherited Super Bowl champions. So you can't pull the wool over the eyes of Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, even Jake Elliott, the kicker, right? <laughs> He's a Super Bowl champion no matter how you slice it. Yep. So when you come into an organization and you had your task with not only delivering wins, but you have to get your guys to believe that's not easy to do. Again, Josh McDaniel, perfect example. No one will ever doubt his ability to know offenses. He mean he he coached Tom Brady. He's a he's a he's he's a multi-time um championship winning offensive coordinator. That's not by accident. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. But the reality is, every time he's had an opportunity to coach, whether it be in Denver, whether it be in Oakland, he fails miserably at the most important part, and that's getting his team to believe in what he's telling them. Yep. And that's not an accident. That's not coincidence. That's not happenstance. Again, have your own opinions about Nick Sirianni's personality. Okay, maybe you don't like the rambunctious types, right? Maybe you'll – and look, I always talk – about Nick Sirianni talking a little bit too much in his press conferences. Yeah. I, I, that's my only real gripe mm -hmm. with Sirianni. He can be a little bit, he can be too forthcoming at times. Mm -hmm. uh, he can say just one too many words in press conferences and it gets used against him. That's my only gripe that's with Nick fair. Sirianni. And, yeah. I, and, and, I, and, and I think I'm allowed to feel that way. You know, and Again, that's just a preference. I like my coaches that are a little bit more stoic. You know, I like my coaches a little bit more, you know, a, you know, a, a, you know straight to the point. But regardless, he's winning. He's provided success to this team, and let's not pretend he didn't inherit a four eleven and one team. Four eleven and one, four eleven and one with a major quarterback issue at that point because Wentz was still here, right? And obviously, they had no Howie, idea if Hertz was the guy. Had no idea, right? And, and and they've he and the staff, and then I know it was Steichen back then and whatever, but it was Brian Johnson who was the quarterbacks coach. They helped grow Jalen, helped get him to the point of where he is today. He had the the confidence in himself and and the security in his own skin to step away and say, you know what? I want to manage the whole team. I want to make sure that I'm not cheating the defense, the special teams, stuff that's going on day to day by by being so immersed in the play calling. Let me turn that over you know, to Shane Steichen at that time. And he kept it going here with the Brian Johnson hire because he trusts Brian Johnson. That allows him to manage all facets of this thing. And I just think because he isn't calling plays. He doesn't have the, the the chart and the whole thing like some of these other guys do. That he doesn't really get the just do. All the guy does is win. He's got an over seven hundred win percentage. That's insane, right? Do you know how hard it is for some guys? You know, and, and let's just talk about it from the from the male perspective, right? As men, we're egotistical by nature. We're prideful by nature. You know, we want to be the ruler of our own domain. We understand how that goes, but. For Nick Sirianni to have, and regardless of who, regardless of how you feel about who made the decision, be if it was Howie, if it was whoever made the decision for Nick to, to step away from play calling, whoever you believe the decision was left up to, it doesn't matter. Regardless, he had to be on board. He had to accept it. He his ego could have prevented this team from reaching its from reaching its true potential. Yep. Right. His his rigidness, his inability to adjust and be flexible, could have gotten in the way of this team's overall success. Because at the end of the day, you are who you are, and you mm -hmm. feel how you feel, and and you can't just eliminate emotion. You can't eliminate 
your own logic from the way uh, business gets handled. And this doesn't matter in what profession you're in. Yeah. So he had to look in the mirror and say, you know what? What is best for this team? What is best for this organization? Regardless of what's best for me, because a lot of people get it mixed up. These these players aren't here for these coaches. The coaches are here for the players. The players, listen, Jalen Hurts is going to be here whether Nick Sirianni gets fired today or tomorrow. No question. So at the end of the day, Nick Sirianni has a responsibility to that quarterback and to that team to make sure he gets the most out of them. It's yep. not up to these players to get the most out of these coaches. It's not how yep. the league works. Yeah. I, I I just thought, you know, I, I don't we sit here at the at the midway mark, they're eight and one. He got them to a Super Bowl last year. They got really close. Obviously, we all wish it would have turned out a little bit differently. But what he's done thus far has been incredible. And that I, I want to lead into to something that, that you and I were kicking around that you posed in our pre-show meeting. So last year, they were they started off 8-1. and one. Remember, they had the loss to, to Washington, which gave them their first loss of the season. Yeah, uh, but nonetheless. Yep. Yeah. But they ironically enough, it, you know, Goddard got hurt in that game also, which is sucks but anyway um so they're eight and one last year they're eight and one this year and we know what happened last year we have the benefit of knowing you know how that played out last season we don't know what's in store here the rest of the way here for the eagles with eight regular season games left and then the, you know the postseason etc so I'll, I'll i'll pose the question to you tone and i want everybody in the chat to jump in on this please and everybody listening you know you you, you know fire away um do you have more confidence in the 23 team, the present team, at 8-1 and one, than you had in last year's? Everybody be honest now. Hon honest question there. W where would you fall on that, Tony? It's interesting because I've, I've had concerns, respectively, about both 2022, 2022 and 2023 teams, and they were all very different concerns. Um, but if I'm being completely honest with myself, see, I'm a strong believer in someone being battle-tested. I'm a strong believer in if you've never been there and you don't know what it's like to fail, how can you know what, how, how can you eventually learn what it's like to succeed? Right. Right. So I believe just from the mental standpoint, this 2023 team is significantly more prepared than that 2022 team because that 2022 team, that was kind of like a, they, they almost didn't know how good they were until they knew. You know what I mean? This 2023 team, they know how good they are. They know what they're capable of because they've seen it. And they're eight and one still. Yeah. And I just believe, based off everything that they've experienced in that in a previous season, being considered, you know, one of the better teams in the NFL and uh having the best record in the in the, in the NFC, making it to the Super Bowl, losing the way you did. I I feel like this team. Going through all that, experiencing all that, and still failing in the end makes them appreciate this journey that much more. And it also makes them understand that it's all about the details. And more than anything, we can't beat ourselves in situations. I just think this team is more emotionally prepared, more mentally prepared. And they uh, and also, I believe this year, they've experienced so many ebbs and flows through these first nine games I believe they've experienced experienced more ebbs and flows through the first nine games this year than they did last year. And I think it's continuing to harden uh, that exterior, continue, continuing to harden that uh, that shell and that psyche for them to be able to withstand the rigors of a playoff run. So I think this 2023 team is mentally more prepared than that 2022 team. 
Okay, that's it's an interesting answer. Um, I, I I'll look at it. Um, let me give you a couple things. I'll give I'll give you sort of both sides of the ledger, and I'll tell you where I fall on this. Okay. Um, I think at the end of this, this team's going to be more battle tested coming through this gauntlet that they're about to run through than last year's. Okay. Now that team was still went to a Super Bowl anyway, regardless. But they're going to be way man. They're going to be through some stuff by, by the time this is done. I think that's going only going to help them. I know the record may not be as good. They may be a four-loss team. Okay, I don't. I told you from the jump. I don't care about that. They're still going to be right. damn good. But anyway, I think playing these teams is going to help them in a big way, um, for sure. Now, uh, if you're asking me from a talent standpoint, I think last year's defense probably on the whole had more talent. Yeah, no comparison. You know, I think this year's defensive line is better. Your interior is better. Like, they're better, man, with Davis and, and Carter. They are. They're just better. And, and Fletcher's playing at a high level and Milt Williams and all that. But I'm being honest about the linebacking situation. Corners aren't quite as good as they were last year. You're without CJGJ in the slot. Safety, I think blanket chip's been fine, but the other spot we know has been a revolving door. Like, I think there's just a lot of things going on. I think, there, I think the, there's more talent on that team. But here's a big button. You have a ton of guys from last year who are playing on this year's team who went through that playoff process, who mm-hmm. went through the rigors of what that what man what that enc- and you know encompasses, and they're hungrier this year than they were last year because they got that close. When you get within three points of winning the whole thing and you're up ten at the half, that leaves a really bad taste in your mouth, man. Not to say last year's team wasn't motivated or driven or any of that. Of course they were. They were. Um, but this team's got more of the eye of the tiger in them than I think last year's did. So I think they can compensate for, for some of the lack of talent with that drive that they have this year. And I think drive goes a long way. I'll, I'll take someone who's motivated and works their guts out over someone who's maybe more talented or smarter any day of the week. So anyway, long way of answering that. I have more confidence in this team than I did last year. I know that sounds crazy, but that's where I'm at. Yeah, because last year, you know, they were especially through the first eight games, uh, or the first nine, the first nine weeks, so to speak. Uh, oh, and look, Kevin Savari, right? You know, we're, I, I want you to understand, right? I want you to Defense understand. Defense is, is a concern, no doubt. Deep, we're not indicate. We're not trying to devoid. We're, we're not trying to, you know, have have these opinions devoid of any realization that, for example, this year defense is definitely. A concern, yeah, right. Yeah, I, I, I like and, a lot of people are, are voicing their just. The, oh yeah, for, for sure, cool. for sure, for sure. It's all about. Yeah, yeah. And, and this was all about, right? We, we appreciate it, right? And again, it's all about it's all about what perspective you decide to take. Yep. Are you are you taking the mental perspective like I am, or are you taking um the tangible yep. perspective that you can measure that you can that you can visually quantify like a uh, lackluster pass defense, right? Or like um, underwhelming offensive line play at times. That's stuff that you can measure. That's stuff you can see. For some, like this is just who I am, right? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm real big on intangibles. I'm real big on things you can't measure, things right. you can't touch, things you can't see, things that you can't, things that you can't quantify within a man. You can't measure a man's will. You dig yeah. what I'm saying? And I, and, and and as much as we look at this sport. As just guys putting on helmets and a win loser this amount of points this amount of stats I always yeah. try to go beyond the, always try to go beyond uh, the numbers on their back I always try to go beyond um, the stat sheet I like to look at it from the mental perspective the emotional intelligence perspective of it all and 
I'm a firm believer that failure builds character. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that being uncomfortable leads you to a place of being comfortable. Um, I, I believe that friction and pressure makes diamonds and makes, um, endless possibilities. So again, it's all about the perspective you want to take. Is this defense, uh, is this defense not as exciting or not as productive as last year's defense? Absolutely. It's no question, right? This defense this year is nowhere near as productive, especially from the past defense. But remember this guys, um, when you give something, you got to take something last year, no matter how much we want to love up on the defense, they couldn't stop the run to save their lives. Right. They couldn't stop the run. Let's let's keep it let's keep it a buck now. We're gonna tell one part of the story. Sure. Tell the other half. Well, yeah. The, the, look at the Super Bowl, man. They I, couldn't I mean, stop the run. That's they right. couldn't stop the run, and it, and it wasn't the only thing that went wrong. But we and they still the, give up the pass, right? And we're looking at it like remember the Bradbury hold, or remember those two plays that got beat on that were the same. Yeah, that's all real. But the the biggest thing is they couldn't get off the field, man. And and when Pacheco ran all over them, or Mahomes kept it and took off, whatever, they couldn't get a stop. They couldn't, and and, and that was a huge piece of this thing they're the best team in football tone by a wide margin against the run this year so when, yeah. we're, when we're talking about the pass, and i get it I, i'm i'm not blind the pass defense is, is a major concern if major. you're asking me if there's one thing that's ultimately going to bite them it's the pass defense it's not the eagles running game that's kind of falling off a little bit i think they can get that back I, they'll be okay there right it's the pass defense so i'm i'm keeping it real with you but yeah let's let's remember what last year was they did not exactly run well exactly and you know, this kind of leads me to my next thing that we kind of already broached it. You know, if the Eagles don't make it back to the Super Bowl and win it, you know, what would be the number one, the number one reason why? Right. And, you know, you know, you know, I'll start with you, Rob. You know, if they, if they don't make it back to you, what would be the number one reason why the Philadelphia Eagles don't make it back and win the Super Bowl this year? The easy answer is injuries. That applies to every team. So I'm not going to use it. But I would okay. say, obviously, if Hurts goes down or that knee, you know, flares up, whatever. Take that out of it. I would say I'll go back to the pass defense. I like to me what what I, what worries me is and now they're usually pretty good even though they they give up a lot in the air they don't get scored on a ton. But if that starts to change a little bit and we don't see Brad like I think Bradbury and Slay need this break bad right and if they don't look better tone than they've looked lately and I'll give Slay a bit of a pass because I think that knee's been bothering him and he sucked it up and played. But if they collectively, the two of them don't look better, and we and, and there isn't some kind of solution found in the slot, that's what it's going to be for me. It's going to be pass defense all yep. day. And you know, let me you know, let me add this in, right? You know, yep. from a scoring perspective, the Philadelphia Eagles. See, here's here's the thing. Here's where stats can really mislead you, right? You know, this season, in terms of in terms of scoring defense, the Philadelphia Eagles are ranked. 20th in the NFL in scoring defense, giving up 21.7 points per game. Hold that number in your head. They're ranked 20th, giving up 21.7 points per game. Right. right. In 2023. In 2022, they were ranked 7th in the NFL in points given up per game with 19.8. So, essentially, that's a less, less than a two-point difference. Or you could let's just average it out. A two-point difference, right? And 19.8 you can average you can average it up to 20 21.7 you can average it up to 22 so there so so there's a two point difference in the amount of points given up but you see where they were ranked last year versus this year 8th versus 20th 
you see how far that is. But in reality, the actual point itself, the points itself is only a two point disparity. So yeah. when you really look at stats and you say, oh, the Eagles are um, ranked 20th in um, scoring defense. OK, let's really look at the number and think and then compare it to, OK, then who's ranked higher than them? Because being ranked 20th and uh, in, in scoring defense with 21 uh, with 21.7 points per game. You go all the way up to the, uh, uh, the, the, the team that's ranked seventh or sixth, yeah. which is Dallas and New Orleans, 18.5. It's only two, a two point, three point difference. So that's so we have to be mindful when we make these uh, assertions about how good or bad a defense is. Sometimes you got to just look at the score itself and not the actual ranking because the ranking can mislead you. Right. Yeah. Um, another example. Uh, their ability to defend the pass. Now, obviously, they're one of the worst passing defenses right now in the NFL. Pass defense right now in terms of opponent passing yards per game. This, uh, the, uh, the Eagles are ranked 29th, giving up 257 a game, right? In 2022, in 2022, they were ranked number one, giving up 171. So you see, that's a drastic difference there. That's a that's a real number you can grab onto. 171 versus 250 giving up. That's a what? That's an 80 yard difference. Yeah. So so that's something you can actually sink your teeth into sink your teeth into and say, OK, pass defense has significantly fallen off this year. But in terms of the points they've given up, they're pretty much on par for the most yeah. part. I know so, it, it's sometimes just the way it looks. You know, it's the perception versus the reality of how much they are scoring. Exactly. And, you know, we, we, we knew this. We see. Here's the thing. Another, another thing as well. Right. We love to shift our expectations once things get, you know, once we get into wartime, right? Yeah. You know, when we're in the offseason and, you know, we're talking about what they expect and what the personnel is going to be and the players are going to bring to the season, you know, we all knew this defense is not going to be the same. This defense is going to suffer at some point, right? We just don't, we just don't know exactly where they're going to suffer the most, but it all remains to be seen. So we knew, we accepted this defense wasn't going to be as good and that the offense was going to have to carry them. But now we're seeing it happen in real time and we're acting surprised. We're acting pissy about it. And it's like, we knew this though. We understood what the personnel situation was. We understood what the offense could be. And we understood the limitations of the defense. Yeah. Yet we're still acting surprised. There are plenty of teams who are not all around the board checking every single box. I got you, man. You know what I'm saying? I got you. So I got you. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's just a matter of shifting your perspective and understanding that, okay, this team is 8-1. and one. They're still holding teams to 21 points or less on average. That means your your offense, which is averaging 28 points per game, if they continue to do what they do, you're going to win yep. every single game. Yep, no question. And it looks like they may have dodged a bullet with Goddard in terms of it being a season-ending injury. So if okay, that's the so, case, okay, we don't know, you know. But they're saying four to six weeks, with, you know, and all that with the surgery. So that, like, to me, that's a win. <laughs> that looked like it was going to be bad, but it's not. Not that it's good, but it could have been worse. So we'll, we'll, you know, a lot to a lot to dive into. By the way, we're going to hit a bunch of other things. Sixers hammered the Wizards last night, and Bede yeah. went crazy, uh, forty-eight and eleven for Embiid. Uh, went off, by the way, in the third quarter. So Embiid last night in the third at twenty-nine. Uh, so the Sixers win. They've won five straight, only one loss in the season. Big one against the Celtics coming up tomorrow night, which we'll get into. Uh, MLB free agency kicks off. Phillies have some decisions to make. We will get into that as well. Uh, and and our guy James Harden made his debut with the clip joint last night. So we'll yep. uh, discuss all of that uh, yep. when we come back. Yeah. Yep. Real quick, real quick, Re. Someone brought up something in the live chat. Um, yeah. Uh, Boy Brew brought up a very good point here. The 2017-2018 Super Bowl team, uh, the Eagles' pass defense was just as bad, yep. and they were the best run defense in the league. Yeah, and they were ranked in 2017. I just looked it up. 
they were ranked 25th and yep. with giving up 241 yards per game in the air. Yeah. And this year they're ranked like 29th, giving up about 250. So I don't know. Maybe you guys need to shift your perspective a little bit. My guy, Boy Brew, understands the assignment here. And uh, look, man, uh, if you can't, st- the reality is, if you can't stop the run, you're not beating anybody. Period. Yeah, I th- you know, here's what I think, Tone. I mean, obviously, would you like to be better in the past? Of course, you would. Of course. Uh, and, and you don't want to give 500 yards up like they did in that Super Bowl when they beat the Patriots. But if your offense is good enough and you can get off the field and make a big play enough, like that. I think there's a couple of similarities. Um, like the Super Bowl, you got a big stop when you had to get it. BG gets the strip sack, whatever. Mm-hmm. You made a couple of plays down the stretch in the Cowboys game where you got some big sacks. Brandon Graham got a couple. Uh, Josh Sweat got one. You did just enough. You did what you had to do to survive. Uh, wasn't always pretty, but you did enough. And I think there's, there's again, I talked about this yesterday. There's something to be said for a team that when they're not necessarily playing their best, still figures out a way to win games. That's the Eagles. And they don't, it doesn't have team, to be perfect all the time for them. And that's where 2017 and this year kind of resemble each other. Yeah. It seems like they do whatever it takes to win no matter what. Yes, absolutely. All right, let's get one in. We'll come back. We'll continue with the Eagles. Talk. We're going to give out – we're at the midway point. We're going to give out our grades. We're going to look at how we're doing here at the uh, for the midterm and, and see where they are. We'll start with the offense. Then we'll go defense. Then we'll go coaches. But a lot to get into. We'll talk about last night's game. Jets lose. Offense looks terrible. A bunch of NFL stuff that we'll uh, we'll dig into as well. He's Tone DeShields in for Gunner. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. I want to tell you about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Yes, Bravo Pizza of Havertown. They uh, they are just an unbelievable uh, sponsor of the show, sponsor of the channel, and a great great place uh, to for you each and every day to uh, to stop by if you're feeling hungry or, or just pop in there whenever you can. They've been family owned since 1985. You got Alex and the great crew there seven days a week. The beauty is the food is fresh. It's made daily. Nothing sitting under that heat lamp forever. Bravo Pizza of Havertown has 20 different styles of pizza daily. They have slices to go. They have the upside down, which is my go-to. Uh, you name it, they'll make it. That's the specialized pizza your way. But if you're not up for pizza, fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads, you name it, all kinds of options. Bravo Pizza is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charity schools, little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're located at 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. Give them a call, 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. A little more from Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your greenhouse? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250. back yes we are sports take jacob sports youtube network let's hit the like button if we could friends that's tone to shields tones in for gunner today i am rob ellis hanging out with you and we're, we're talking eagles and looking at essentially the first half of the season eagles sit at eight and one the best record in football let me give you some other uh where where other teams uh compare here uh to an extent so if you're just looking at best record you go eagles eight and one followed by kansas city Baltimore, both seven and two. Detroit, Jacksonville, both six and two. Miami, six and three. San Fran, Pittsburgh, Seattle, Cleveland, Dallas, Cincinnati, all five and three. So that's where things are. If you're looking at the NFC East, Eagles are in pretty good shape. They're two and a half games up on the Cowboys right now. Uh, Cowboys have already had their bye week, so they can make up a little bit of ground, and they likely will because they play the uh, the Giants this week, who they beat 40 to nothing. Uh, in the season opener and the, and the Giants are a disaster area they should have yellow tape around them but anyway oh man uh, so uh you know likely they'll catch up that half game but still you have a two game lead right. you, once you get back into this thing and so you've built yourself a little bit of of cushion a little bit uh before you start the tough schedule which begins with Kansas City a week from yesterday or yeah a week from yesterday that's what they have uh they have coming up all right Tone. so let's oh, actually two weeks from tomorrow so uh, let's look at our first half grading 
on the offensive side of the ball. We'll do offense, defense, coaching. Okay, let's do it. All right, Jalen Hurts. I have Jalen Hurts at a B plus. Here's the reason. He's been excellent throwing the ball of late. I mean, just phenomenal. Um, I don't take anything away from him not running as much because he's been compromised. And then I think early in the year, he was being smartly being cautious. I'm fine with that. But you do have to take into account the tush push, which has been awesome. And he is the one doing the the pushing and the tushing and all that good stuff. Um, so he gets credit for that. He's got the most first downs rushing of anybody in football this year. Uh, the only thing that detracts from this being an A for me is the turnovers. I can't get past he's got 11 turnovers this year. Had he not had that high number of turnovers, and it hasn't really bitten them. It hurt him. It did probably cost him the Jets game. Had that not been the same kind of number, it's an A. I'm going to go with a B plus, potentially A minus, but 11 turnovers is a lot. Where yet? You know, I think a B plus is actually fair, and I'm I'm pretty much on the same track as you because, you know, to be frank about this, I mean, from a passing perspective, he's he's actually better uh, from an accuracy standpoint throwing the ball this year. Um, also, they're asking him to throw the ball significantly more uh, than they did last year. Currently, he's on pace for. Uh, 576 attempts, uh, 397, 397 completions with a 69% completion percentage, uh, just over 4,400 passing yards, uh, averaging uh, almost eight yards in uh, an attempt, 28 passing touchdowns and 15 interceptions. So right now on the season, he has 15 passing touchdowns, eight interceptions, and he's essentially got his touchdown to interception ratio to about two to one. Nice. So um, he's trending in the right direction. There was a point in the season where the ratio was one to one for every touchdown. He was throwing an interception. Now for every two touchdowns, he's throwing it, throwing one interception. So he's trending in the right direction. He hasn't thrown an interception uh, in the past two weeks. Um, he didn't turn the ball over in that Dallas game, which was so important for them. Uh, eking out that win. Uh, I just believe I just believe he's uh, again, when you throw the ball more. The likelihood of you turning the ball over more just goes up. It's, it's, it's just bound to happen. That's just the that's just the nat- uh, that's the nature of the game. It's the lay of the lane. You throw the ball more, the, the likelihood of you throwing interceptions goes up. I believe last year he had about what four hundred and fifty pass attempts a game. Yep. yep. So you know uh, something like that. Season. Season. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's insane. That'd uh, be a lot. That would be a lot for four hundred and fifty <laughs> pass attempts. In Don't the put season, it past right? Nick Sirianni. No, I'm kidding. Right. Oh man, no. Jesus yeah. Christ. Uh, but uh, already he's on pace to eclipse that by more than a hundred attempts. So yep. you guys, you guys did a bad. He threw what six interceptions last year. Yeah. So uh, I look at Jalen Hurts as a quarterback who's literally evolving in front of our eyes. I give him, I give him a B plus for the season. The only reason he doesn't have a day. Uh, is because of the turnovers. But let's also add this in as well. We're not going to forget the rushing touchdowns. On the season, he technically has, what, uh, 22 total touchdowns, including passing and rushing, and he has 11 turnovers on the season. Mm -hmm. So, again, for every two touchdowns, it's one turnover. Um, Not a terrible ratio. It's going to improve as as the season goes. Uh, But so far, so good. He gets a B-plus from me. Yeah, I mean, whenever you're – Whenever people give his stats out, they love excluding the Russian. They love doing it. I noticed the national who has an agenda. Like the people who have an agenda, I'm saying against the people who have an agenda against will just say, Oh, he has X amount of passing touchdowns. And I always stop them and I say, When you're talking about this guy, it's it's total touchdowns. It goes back to my shooter versus scorer thing. I don't care how he gets in, just get in. And he gets mm-hmm. in a ton. This guy finds pay dirt a ton. 
So, yes, you have to every time, especially with him, you have to count the rushing touchdowns. Okay. All right. So uh, we're, we're on the same page. This is the ultimate no brainer. All right. This is the easiest one, Tony. A.J. Brown, if I could put like 16 pluses on the A, I would. Okay. This is A plus. This is drop the mic. Nothing else needs to be said other than he's the fastest eagle ever to get to 1,000 yards. He's got 67 catches, 1,005 yards, and six touchdowns through nine games. This guy has been everything and then some. And if it's not an A plus, then we, we got a problem. We, we, we got a problem. But where yet? Arthur Juan Brown <laughs> gets an A plus 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 plus. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like l- l- let's let's just call it what it is, man. Ar- Arthur Juan Brown, AJ Brown, Art. <laughs> Ar- Artie. Artie's been insane. <laughs> Yeah, I'm AJ, sure he'll appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> right. AJ has been off the freaking charts these past two seasons, man. Uh, let's just call it what it is, right? Uh, through his two seasons in Philadelphia thus far, uh, uh, that's a grand total of 18 games right now. Through 18 games uh, played uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, I'm sorry. I scratched that. I lied. That is 26 games played for the Philadelphia Eagles. Through 26 ga- games played for the Philadelphia Eagles, he has 155 receptions, t- over 25. He has 2,500 receiving yards, 17 touchdowns. Mm. Come on, man. Yeah, it's sick. The dude is a freak, averaging almost 100 yards per game. The dude is insane. He was a he was a an all an all pro last year, second team all pro, but he was an all pro last year. AJ Brown is just going bananas this year. On, on this year on the season, what does he have? What? First, the fastest Eagles receiver to a thousand yards ever. Thousand, yep. Already has a thousand yards on the season. Six receiving touchdowns. But let's just talk about what he's on pace for. Let's 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 do that, right? I I I, I love I love projections, Rob. Mm-hmm. So far, through eight games or through nine games on the season, he's projected to have 174 targets, 127 receptions, just under just under 1,900 yards. Averaging 15 yards a catch, 11 touchdowns. Yeah. Dude. Sick. Dude. Sick. He's been better since October. He's been better than Tyree Kill, who got yeah, off that it, insane start. Exa- yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And last year, he had 11 touchdowns as well. So if he gets you the same amount of touchdowns, maybe more, but he gets he, he gives you 500, 500 more uh, receiving yards. Yeah. What the hell are we talking? Like the dude is a freak of nature. Yeah. And he's still he's young. Freak. He's still in his prime. I mean, he is totally, he may not even have hit his prime yet. He still may be getting better. He's only uh, 26 years old. You can make an argument. He's one of the most indefensible receivers in the NFL yeah. because of his physical prowess, uh, the speed he has, his route running ability, the, the hands, uh, just the, uh, the, the ability to uh, the ability to secure the ball. The one of the best traits that a that a wide receiver can have, especially the number one, one mm-hmm. of the best traits they can have is to make every pass look easy for the quarterback. Yeah, and that's what AJ Brown provides to Jalen Hurts. He makes he makes every pass he makes every pass Jalen Hurts throws look tremendous. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and, and that's what and that's what a true number one is supposed to do. He's supposed to bail out his his quarterback when it's a not so perfect throw. Yep. And we've seen that plenty of times throughout the season. So AJ Brown gets an A plus plus man. He's he's on a roll. He's uh Dean's list. He's valedictorian. You know what I mean? He's magna cum laude. He's all of that. Yeah, he's all that. Uh, let's go to his uh, his running mate, Devontae Smith. Uh, here here's what I would say. This isn't his fault, but 
you know, the numbers are, 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 they're still really good. They're down a little bit, but you have to understand when you're playing off of everything we just said about the other guy, that you're not going to get the same opportunities. You're just not. If he was on another team, his numbers would be up from what they are. They're still really good. Mm-hmm. They're not mind boggling. Don't blow you away. But here's what he's got so far. 42 catches, 533 yards, four touchdowns. He it's it's a really solid B for me where I don't blame him that it's a B. He could easily be an A guy if he was somewhere else. But if I'm just going off of what he's given them, it's a B. Where, where do you fall for Devontae? Uh, I'll give I'll actually give Devontae uh, a you know what I'm going to give him and this may sound like being an easy grader or whatever but I'm going to give him an A minus the reason I give Devontae A minus is through all of AJ Brown's success he has not and I repeat he has not made a problem of it you know I know a lot of people like to bring up that game that moment in the Dallas game where he was kind of you know a little irate on the sideline but I don't think that was because he wasn't getting the ball I think he I think he was mad about just what was going on on the field, not necessarily his 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 targets uh, per se, because they weren't throwing the ball a lot in that game to begin with. Right. So I don't think that's what he was frustrated about. I think he was just frustrated about the way the drive ended in general. But regardless, though, I'm giving him an A minus because he's been productive whenever he's had the ball in his hands. Um, like you said, 42 catches, 533 yards, four touchdowns. Um, currently, right now on the season, he's on pace uh, to have 79 catches on 113 targets. Um, just over 1,000 receiving yards uh, and eight receiving touchdowns. Um, last year on the season, he, uh, through 17 games played, he had 95 catches on 136 targets, um, just under 1,200 yards and seven total touchdowns. So, look, I mean, if he if if Devontae Smith can eclipse the 1,000 yard mark, I I believe he did exactly what he was supposed to do as the number two wide receiver. If you have a number two wide receiver that's giving you 1,000 yards every season, that's actually above average. Right. Most of the time, most of the time on these teams, they have number ones giving them twelve hundred, thirteen hundred receiving yards. And then they have a number one giving them about seven hundred, eight hundred yards. Devontae Smith is on pace for just over a thousand yards and eight receiving touchdowns, man. He has seven on the season. So, okay, maybe he sacrifices one hundred and fifty, maybe almost 200 yards receiving, but he gives you more touchdowns. Um, And he and also he's a better teammate and he has a higher catch and, and his catch rate is essentially the same in 2022 he had a 69.9 percent catch rate in 2023 he has a 70% catch rate so I can't say he's regressed because he's technically catching the ball at a higher rate this season in terms of success rate um so that's why I'm giving him an a minus for how much of a good sport he's been um how productive he's been when the balls can come his way and also Devontae Smith man you get like skinny Batman is always reliable I'll stop okay. that Jets game where he had a mind a mind fart yep. um other than that, Devontae Smith has done his job to the best of his ability. He's worked within the offense and he's been productive despite it. So, and he's still on pace for over one thousand yards and eight touchdowns. So, I'm still rocking with uh, Devontae Smith. He gets an A minus for me. Okay, all right. Let's jump over to Goddard. Uh, now, obviously, we, we're framing this knowing that you know he's going to be out for some time here. But um, if I'm just going off what we got, and some of this again applies to AJ Brown, is going to get a lot of touches. So it's going to affect what happens with others. It's a B minus for me. It was it was a very slow start. Whether that's his fault or or you put some of that on Brian Johnson not figuring out a way to acclimate him a little bit more into things, but thirty eight catches, four hundred ten yards, two touchdowns. Again, really solid, really solid. But I, I'm at a B minus for him. Where, where are you uh, for for Dallas Goddard? 
Dallas God is, like you said, he he's another fascinating case because he wasn't getting the ball early. He wasn't getting the ball earlier in the season. It was a new coordinator, so they were trying to figure out how to get him involved. Uh, he's hurt again, um, essentially at the same point in the season as he was last year. Um, that bothers me. Uh, man, Dallas Goddard, right now he's on pace. If he would, he's, well, that's going to change because he's not going to be healthy. The reality is, man, I'm going to give I'm going to give Dallas Goddard a B uh, a, a, a B minus two, a B a B, okay. B minus. That's where I'm at with him because he wasn't getting the ball early on in the season, but whenever he did get it, he did he did something great with it. Um, yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll give him a B minus as well. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I, again, I, he's been fine. He just he hasn't been as. I think I think we would have liked a little bit more productivity you know, before he went down and it's a shame because it looked like they were starting to figure it out with him yeah. the last few games. And then, then he gets banged up. But, but again, the hope is yeah. that he'll be back before the playoffs. So that's the big thing. Right. All right, let's go offensive line. Um, You know, you, you're still dealing with Lane Johnson, Kelsey, Mylotta, Dickerson, you know, it's been a little bit due to injuries. They've had to jump around a little bit with Jurgens and Opeta and then Steen. Uh, but still one of the top units, if not the top unit in football, um, I, 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 I'm going to take a knock a little off the grade, um, because they haven't run the ball quite as well as I would have hoped consistently. So I'm going to give them a B plus, not an A for that reason. And Jalen's been under a little bit more duress as well than I would have liked. So I'm going to go B plus as opposed to an A or an A plus what it normally is for the offensive line. Uh, how about for you? This offensive line, I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a B. I'm gonna give them a B because it's all the reasons that you mentioned as well. Um, the lack of consistency, the lack of consistency at the at the right guard spot has been a little annoying to me. Um, obviously Cam Jurgens went down, he was going, then you had Sue Opetta there, then you then all of a sudden you threw Tyler Steen there at right guard against the Cowboys, and he did a he he, he did a fair enough job, you know, don't get it twisted, but um, I don't like the I don't like how many hits uh, Jalen Hurts has been uh, accumulating throughout the season. Right now, um, he's been sacked 22 times uh, this season, and if we're comparing it to previous seasons, I want to make sure I got my numbers right. Okay, so he's been sacked 22 times so far this season through nine games. Uh, he was sacked 38 times uh, in 2022. So let's just kind of you know let's just do some math really quickly here. So. 38 divided by 15 games played for Jalen Hurts. How many sacks is that a game? That's about two and a half sacks a game, right? On average, yeah. he was getting sacked last season. As of right now, through nine games played, 22 divided by nine, it's about the same. 2.4, 2.5 sacks per game. Uh, he was getting sacked a lot early on in the season. Um, yeah. they, kind of, they, they, kind of, they kind of tapered off. So he's getting sacked at the same rate, but I think he's getting hit more. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I think, I, I think that's fair. And, and and look, in fairness to the O line, he's he it. There's, they're throwing the ball more. Yeah, he, they're throwing more, which is more dropbacks, which is more opportunity to get hit. Hold on, wait. So, him. so are we what, looking what? at this all wrong then? Because well, if if they're throwing the ball more, there's more still, opportunity. Yeah, to get hit, and there's more opportunity to get hit. Yeah, it's a little unfair to the O line. But yep. he's getting sacked at the same rate as last year. They're holding up pretty good, all things considered. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's. 
I, I'm more, my knock is more the run game hasn't been yes yes I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that the run game has been almost non-existent yeah and you still have all those hallmarks on you know on the offensive line Jay, uh, Jordan Milata, uh Dickerson uh Kelsey Lane Johnson the right guard spot has kind of been a rotating door but and, it's, and the thing about the offensive line play is they're not just individuals it's not like they're defensive tackles or Dean Lyman. You can just throw anybody in there and they do their job and that's it. Yeah. The offensive line is harmonious. They had to move it. They had to be in sync. They had to be all on the same accord. And that offensive line last year was healthy throughout the entire season and no one missed a beat throughout the entire time. So they were able to hone that and they knew each other's tendencies. Um, regardless of how great Justin Kelsey and Lane Johnson is, when you go from Cam Jurgens to Sewell Petta to, uh, to Tyler Steen, the offensive line is never going to be fully as – it's never going to be optimally – where they need to be because you keep rotating that one spot. If those guys aren't on the same page consistently, it's always going to be issues. Um, I, I do again. The running game has has it's, it's kind of been they haven't been getting the same push, and I don't know if it's age. I don't know if they needed this bye week. They needed some TLC. I don't know, but I'm going to give them a B for sure. And you, you said you. what? You said B plus, right? I, I yeah, B plus. But but okay. yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's one I could easily see being upgraded to an A as we, as we roll into the second half of the season, look, they're going to need to, I mean, you face some of the teams you're going to be faced. The thing that's not talked about nearly enough. And I know we'll do much more of this next week leading into the game. Kansas yeah. city's defense is real now. I mean, yeah, they play fast. They they're play fast. really good, man. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk, maybe we'll do some of that later in the week and, and, and into next week, but they're, this is going to be a challenge for the Eagles offensive line. Uh, all right. Swift. Interesting year. Starts off like a ball of fire, although he didn't get any opportunities in the very first game. After that, he really went off. So where he's at right now, 135 rushes, 614 yards, four and a half per carry, still a, a very good number. Uh, three touchdowns. He has caught 30 for 166 and a touchdown. Uh, you know, so you talk about a guy who's, you know, as far as total yardage is in the high 700s through nine games. Um, I'm going B, and and as I look at, I did it a little bit earlier. Maybe he's a B plus, maybe, but it slowed down a good amount uh, for me with him. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna stick with my B. I, I, I'm a B on him. Where where yet? You, you know, I think a B is fair because they've used him in the passing game, the running game. Obviously, um, he's already going to crush his career high in rushing yards. His career high in rushing yards. Uh, is what is it his career high in rushing yards is 617 yards in a season that was in 2021 he already has 614 this year right so he's easily going to crush uh his you know his career high in rushing yards so um this is this and it's only been nine games so this is going to be a great this is going to be a great year for him um in terms of in terms of his receiving yards he has 166 on a season so i don't know if he's going to actually reach you know, uh, 400 or 500 like he normally does in his career. His highest in his career is 452 in terms of receiving yards. But I feel like he is doing the the best he can with the opportunities he's given. I don't think they give him the ball enough sometimes. Uh, I think they are, I think they have him on a pitch count. They His sweet spot is typically between 14 to 18 yeah. carries, 19 carries. As a matter of fact, if we're, if we're really going to really dissect this, the Let's let's really think about the previous games here, right? He hasn't had more than 20 attempts since that week two matchup against Minnesota, where he had 28. 
Yeah, they've gotten they've gotten away from the run a little bit. Um, exactly. After that, because see, because like this showed me to me, because in in uh, in, in six uh, in uh, the Buccaneers matchup, he had sixteen attempts, but he had one thirty, so he's averaging right. uh, eight yards a carry. So that was pretty insane. But how how much but, though, Tony? In terms of the pitch count, like how much of that is they're seeing him even maybe slow down a little bit? Like how much is that? I don't see doing that. It? Pre- well, I'm, I'm asking. I'm almost like kind of just throwing it out there. Are they preemptively right, right, right. slowing him down, or 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 are they like he's kind of hit a wall a little bit? We need to kind of chill. He, he isn't used to this kind of workload. I I don't know. I'm trying to figure the balance out here. I don't know. I don't know if I see the same pop in him. You know that I maybe saw earlier. The same burst, I guess, would be a better word than pop. But 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 that kind of that's what I worry about a little bit. That he's kind of hit the wall to an extent. To an extent. I, I I don't know if I'm fully in line with him hitting a wall because I still see, in my opinion, I still see a burst. I still see uh, the ability to cut and make guys miss. Um, I still see him being physical at the point of attack, um, especially in you know, that Miami game. He was making guys miss left and right. You know, yeah. you know, it's just I think he's one of those guys. I think he's one of those guys that the more you give him the ball, the more opportunity he can create for you. And you know, let's you know over the over the past couple of weeks. Okay, let's really go backwards, right? In Dallas, um, eighteen attempts, forty three yards, only averaged two point four yards an attempt. Yep. Uh, against Washington, sixteen attempts, fifty seven yards, uh, average just under just under four yards an attempt, uh, three point six to be exact. Uh, Miami, fifteen attempts, sixty two yards, average just over four yards an attempt. Uh, New York Jets, ten attempts, eighteen yards. That's unacceptable. Um. The Rams, 17 attempts, 70 yards, average just over four yards at a tip. So it's like he again, they've only given him that ball more than 20 times, one time. Other than that, they've kept him between 10 to 18 touches. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they were it seems like they want to keep him there. That that Minnesota game kind of seemed like an anomaly, clearly. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, you know, I think the, I, I think Swift deserves, I think Swift deserves to be because he hasn't had a 100 yard game since week three. Uh, I feel like they don't give him the ball enough, so I think I think a B is very fair. Um, I would like to see Swift with the ball a little bit more in the red zone, maybe get him out in some space. Uh, I'm not saying he's a power back, but let him let's see if he can make a play down there. You know what I'm saying? I don't fair know. Enough. I, I wonder what it's going to look like after giving him the week off. You know how 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 much they are willing to to you know pound him or whatever or whatever the the, the usage is um as we as we go forward here um for i, I see some folks asking so derek's that derek is fine uh he's dealing just dealing with some family stuff uh and hopefully everything will be good on that front and he'll be back when everything's straightened out at home but you know as always family comes first and uh he's doing everything he can to to assist at home to make sure everything's okay so that that's that's kind of where where things are with d gun and I'm thankful in the meantime that we have Tone to hold it down, man, and he's doing an awesome job. So just for for everybody wondering, that's what's going on with Gunner. And and when he's ready to be back, he'll be back. But he's just taking care of some things uh, from a family perspective. And you know, again, prayers up and and wishing him nothing but the best because he is he is the he is uh, a good one. Now let me change that. He's a great one. Uh, when you yeah, talk, shout out to our guy D Gun, man. Shout out to yeah, him. Yeah, when you're just talking about human beings, uh, Derek Gun's as good as it gets. So. Uh, all right, we'll come back, Tone. We'll set our sights on the defensive side of this thing. We'll run through kind of like we did with, with the individual players. Got a few more guys to go through maybe on the defensive side of the ball than we do the offense. I'll throw an interesting stat at you. Um, 
regarding the Eagles and pass rush victories in the Cowboys game, uh, which is they, they had a rare number in this game, which we'll do that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. He's Tone to Shields. I am Rob Ellis. We're Sports Day. Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let me tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances is enormous. It is huge. It is too important for you to not get it right. And I got it right when I chose Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group, and I want you to as well. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business and you need help with your employee benefits. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. I personally have entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call, 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751, or you could email him as well, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Eagles. 
back on this Tuesday. Thanks for hanging out with us. We are Sports Take. Uh, if you could hit the like button, we would appreciate that. That's Tone. I'm Rob. All right, Tone. So let's go to the defensive side of the ball here. Um, interesting stat real quick before we dive into the grades. So the Eagles had 25 pass rush wins versus the Cowboys. Um, that is a that is a crazy, crazy high number of pass. Were you able to pull how many of the uh, Cowboys won in that game? No, I don't know how many the the Cowboys won. I could I could check that, but that that's a that's a big one. And they had 13 pass rush wins in the fourth quarter. No team in the NFL has had more in the fourth quarter over the last three seasons than the Eagles. Um, wow. And that 25 is the most, according to John Clark, 25 is the most for the Eagles in six years. So the Birds led the NFL with pressures within the first two seconds as well. So you know. They have been not only a good team at getting after the quarterback, they've been a clutch team. Yeah, we always think of like clutch in terms of the offense, right? There's right. defensive clutch too. And what you what see from a guy out? like Brandon Graham or Reddick or or Sweat, they're clutch players late in games. They are, you know, getting that pass rush. Yeah, we've seen it with Brandon Graham in the biggest of moments, right? Uh yep. Super Bowl 52, man. Uh that's one of the most clutch plays we've seen uh in Philadelphia sports history. But, you know, this Philadelphia Eagles, their defense, the reality is they're led by their pass rush. And if the pass rush isn't winning, uh, it exposes them on the back end. And that's pretty much what happened throughout that game at times. You know, there were moments where the pass rushes were winning, but Dak made a, a great play. And, he, and, and he, you know, he got out of dodge and maybe one of the edge rushes overpursued and Dak, Dak was able to, you know, break right. And he was able to deliver a strike on third down or fourth down. Uh, or even in the red zone. So um, this pass rush, man, uh, they're, you know, they're so dangerous. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to defense as a whole, uh, you know, it makes me nervous at times because if the defensive line isn't winning consistently, then, you know, that back end can be exposed uh, and, and and they can really take some damage. So, and, and you know, we're going to talk about it, right? We're going to grade this defense and we're going to break down really who have been uh, the star pupils and who've been uh, and who's been underachieving? All right, so let's let's dive into it. Um, let's start with uh, let's start with Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick's got seven and a half sacks. He's got eight tackles for losses. He's got a forced fumble. I'm going a minus only because it was a slow start. And again, the guy's playing with a cast on his hand. The second he got the thing off, he became the same beast that he was last year. But I'm. I'm right, admittedly penalizing him a little bit because of the cast, because of the, you know, the first three games, he was pretty quiet. Uh, I'm going, a, I'm going a minus where yet with uh, Hassan as Mike quick calls him big Hoss, big Hoss. <laughs> yeah. You know, for Hassan, man, uh, uh, man, he's, I'm going to give him an a, right. I'm gonna give him a solid a because although he did have a slow start um, to the season, um, I believe that the his ability to come on when he did just showed just how dominant he is. Like when you're an edge rusher, you need your fingers, man. You need your ability to you know grab and yeah. you know move and swim and all that kind of stuff. And when that cast came off, it just showed you that yo, that cat like it was almost it was almost like you know let you know letting the beast out of the cage, right? It was just seeing that guy just go crazy the way he did and how clutch he is. His ability to come up in the biggest of moments um, over the past two seasons, he leads the NFL in fourth quarter sacks. Um, on top of that, the reason he gets a solid A from me and not an A minus, 
I believe he's tremendously taking his game to another level in run defense. Um, we've seen him defend the edge in terms of defending the run and defending that C gap. I believe I believe he's playing out of his mind right now in run defense. It's not being talked about enough. So I'm giving him a – and also, even in the first couple of weeks when he couldn't get sacks, he was still doing well in run defense. So I'm going to yeah. give him a solid A because even when he couldn't get the sacks, he was still uh, creating pressure. Uh, he was still um, wreaking, havoc and, uh, wreaking havoc in run defense. And um, listen, man, seven and a half sacks on the season thus far. I believe currently, as it stands right now, he is on pace for just oh, he's he's on pace for fourteen sacks right now. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if that number uh, skyrockets because of his ability to just continue yeah. to get uh, multiple sacks in the game and how clutch he is. But even then, fourteen sacks on the season. Well, that is, would get him right right where he was last year in the regular season. Or right exactly. Last, last year he had a uh, sixteen, sixteen, yep, not sacks far off. Yep. Not, not not far off at all. I mean, look, let's be honest, right? This will be – it's going to be. It's not even a question. This is going to be his fourth year in a row with 11 sacks or more. Right. His fourth double-digit sack season. And he's done Incredible. it – and done it in, on four different, in four different seasons in three different organizations. He is a legitimate pass rusher. No, yep. no, no if ands, buts about it. He's, he, he's a top-10 pass rusher in this NFL. Tell your mama. All right, let's uh, let's go, Josh Sweat. Uh, six and a half sacks, six tackles for losses, two forced fumbles. This guy's an A in my book all day. Uh, he has elevated his game. You saw the growth last year. He he took it to a different level last year, and he's continued that. That that has to have to have the luxury of having two monsters coming off the edge on you know each side of Sweat and Reddick is unbelievable. And you consider the push that they're getting in the middle. And Brandon Graham has been. Um, really on a pitch count so far. I expect big things in the second half of the season from from Brandon Graham. We'll, we, you know, we'll get to that later. But right. sweats an A all day. I mean, he is just that guy now. He has become a force on this team. Without a shadow of a doubt, I'm giving Sweat an A as well. Uh, he's on pace for I believe 12 or 13 sacks this season. Uh, that would eclipse his 2022 total where he had 11 sacks. Uh, he played all six. He he, uh, he he was pretty. He only missed one game last year because of that neck injury that he sustained in that Saints game. Um, but man, through nine games played, six and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, like you already mentioned. You know what? This is what I love about Josh Sweat, and, and I've, I've I've been hype on the Josh Sweat train since we got him because the reality is Josh Sweat. He was supposed he he was a first round talent. Oh yeah. The only reason he didn't get drafted in the first round and fell to the fourth round is because he sustained a catastrophic knee injury in high school where he almost literally lost his leg. His leg was at risk of being amputated. That's how bad the knee injury was. But somehow, someway, he managed to survive that, he managed to have a successful a successful career at Florida State University. And he got to the NFL, and it was a slow start for him. The Philadelphia Eagles had him on a pitch count very early in his NFL career. They understood what they had as far as the talent but they knew they needed to make sure uh, he would be able to uh, have the longevity and sustain his career. And if you really track his career, just based off his sacks, man, he's just been getting better and better and better and better and better every single season. Year one in 2018 as a rookie, nine games played, no sacks at all. Right. Only only had one tackle. He barely, he barely got playing time yeah. because they wanted to make sure he, you know, he, he was healthy. Um, in 2019, uh, uh, 16 games played four sacks, right? In twenty in twenty twenty, uh, fourteen games played, six sacks. Twenty twenty one, sixteen games played, seven and a half sacks. Twenty twenty two, sixteen games played, eleven sacks. That's when 2020, it started. Twenty twenty three, 
uh, nine games played, six and a half sacks. I for the past for the past three or four seasons, I've been saying, I'm telling you, Josh Sweat is going to be a double digit sack guy. I'm telling you, this is going to be the season. And every time he always came up just a little bit short, yep. a little bit short. But I said, listen, I'm telling you, he's that he's that good. Then 2022, it all came together. 11 sacks, man, and he's already um, picking up where he left off. He's he, he, he's a tremendous find. Um, this it's going to be really interesting to see how. Um, things work out at the end at the end of next season because both Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick uh, are in contract years at the mm-hmm. exact same time. So I'm curious yep. to see how Howard Roseman can navigate that, especially yeah. with pass rushers going against such a high premium right now. And it's again, be tough. Those, um, those two uh, are going to get paid. Yep, Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick, they A's across the board, man. For me, yep. All right, let's stay with the starters on the defensive line. Uh, let's go Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox, obviously, we know the guy's getting up there a little bit. He's been around a long time. Um, came back again. A lot of people didn't like them giving him 10 million this year, but nonetheless, he looks like someone who's hit the fountain of youth. He's playing, you know, really well. He seems to be rejuvenated with Carter and Davis, the younger kids, and he and he's taken on the the role of mentor with those guys too, which should be factored in. Uh, he's an A minus for me. I know the numbers. You're going to see 17 sacks and one and a half, or 17 tackles and one and a half sacks. And I know people are going to be like, uh, all right, no, he's played much better, and that's this is where. You can't get crazy with stats at that position, at the D tackle position. Would right. I like to see especially a few with more sacks? S- especially yeah. with sacks. Yeah. yeah. Would I like to see a couple more sacks? Yeah. I, okay, but I really like what he's done. I'm going a minus, and that's awesome for a guy who's been around as long as he has. How about you? Yeah. You know, when when you, when you couple his age into the you know in, into the matter, it's something that you can't you can't you can't you can't overlook what he's providing. And look, I understand when you look at sacks, you're like, oh, he only has one and a half sacks, but his ability to still be a presence in run defense. Yeah. Um, his ability to still, still throughout his career right now, right now for the Philadelphia Eagles in 2023, he's uh he's he's uh he's a, he's accounting for 73% of the defensive snaps, right? That's up from last year where he was accounting for 65% of the defensive snaps. So this guy is still giving you quality reps, quality snaps, um, quality play, and again. Maybe he lost a step. Listen, you get older. Things like that happen. You can't be foul of time. He's undefeated. But to still be productive, to still be a stabilizing force on that defensive line, and he's grooming these young guys, and Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter, man, that $10 million is worth it. Because you th- And we're going to talk about Jalen Carter, but, you know, him coming into the situation, you know, he needed that kind of stability. You know, being, being with his guy Jordan Davis, being with Fletcher Cox, right, being next to a guy like Milton Williams, man. Like you got to give Fletcher Cox, you know, the credit he deserves. What he brings to the table goes beyond just the stat sheet, man. He's just he he's a gamer. He's a leader in that locker room. Super Bowl champion, man. Multi-time, uh, 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 uh he's all pro. He's a multi-time Pro Bowler. Um, all, all 2010s Hall of Fame, all 2010s team. Man, Fletcher Cox is that dude. So, um, for me, yeah, I'll give him, I'll give him an A minus. All right, let's jump over to the younger cats here. Let's go, Jalen Carter. Uh, A. A A A A A A A A four sacks, sixteen tackles, five tackles for losses, two forced fumbles. Uh, look, he he came in. At, we we were told, talent wise, this guy's NFL ready. As long as the attitude's good, he will crush. And he has been absolutely that guy. He is a he is a grown man already. He is, to me, in every conversation with the best defensive tackles. Forget the rookie label. He's the he's that dude. So uh, thrilled with what they've gotten so far out of Jalen Carter. A is where I'm at. Yeah, man. Like, he's just, you know, a freak of nature, man. 6'3", 314 pounds out of Georgia. Just a 
just a behemoth, a guy who's just, you know, they call they call him the baby rhino for a reason. You feel me? Like the dude is just uh, a force down there. Came up with a clutch sack uh, against Dallas. I believe he shared the sack with uh, him and BG, if I'm not yep. mistaken. Yep. So Jalen Carter, just you just just a just an overall force, man. That that Rams game where he had two sacks, where he he violently abused Matthew Stafford. Jalen Carter's ability to win, um, and no matter if he's at the one technique, the three technique, the two eye. His ability to move up and down the defensive line is just tremendous, man. Jalen Carter definitely gets to A, and he's a rookie doing what he's doing. He's a rookie doing what he's doing, man. You got, you know, you could game recognize game. So uh, we're never going to overcomplicate this, man. Jalen Carter gets to A, man. Yep. I, I will tell you this, too. I, I'm going to give his his Georgia running mate, I'm going to give him an A also. I'm going to give Jordan Davis an A as well, man. Yeah. Some people may go B, B minus, whatever. No. 21 tackles, two and a half sacks. Two tackles for losses, a forced fumble. What he showed me already this year is he doesn't have to come off the field when it's a passing down, which is what a lot of people thought. He's just going to be a run stuffer, blocker, occupier, if you will. Um, he He's way more than that. He has turned himself into a complete player in his second year. Obviously, his conditioning's better because he, he's staying on the field a lot more than he was last year also, and kudos to him for that because that was the big question. He said it himself. I still weigh the same, but I am definitely in better condition. Okay, I took his word for it, and so far he's proven to be a man of his word. He's been, man, he's been really good. I'm thrilled with what they gotten out of out of Jordan Davis so far. Yeah, absolutely. And here's another thing that we got to keep in mind, right? You know, you're right. He's shown an ability to be able to stay on the field. Um, last season, he only accounted for 26 percent of the defensive snaps, right, uh, through 13 games played. Uh, in 2023, through nine games played, that jumped. 14% of uh, 14% points and he's accounting for 40% of the defensive snaps at that defensive tackle position. Jalen Carter is accounting for 49% of the defensive snaps at that, uh, at that defensive tackle position. And Milton Williams is accounting for uh, 48% of the defensive snaps at that defensive tackle position. Whereas though Fletcher Cox is accounting for 73. So if you notice Fletcher Cox is the guy that stays on that field, cause he's still technically, I guess, just, I guess, I guess the Eagles look at it as he's still, just from a skill set standpoint, he's our best and most reliable uh, uh, source of production at that position. Um, his, uh, and he, he's just probably the most well-rounded guy out there because of his experience. Um, but you're, you're clearly what that showed that tells you is they're clearly rotating those four guys at an equal rate uh, for the most part. And you're right, Jordan Davis has taken this game to a level where you don't have, you can feel confident with him out there, um, really collapsing the pocket. He's he, he he's a he's a bad man and I love you know you know what stands out to me the most about him is his 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 ability and his willingness to still stay at it right you know last year he got a lot of flack for how underwhelming his performance was and I was one of the people that gave it to him you know I felt like I felt like he should have gave us more I felt like he wasn't in, in in the best of shape and I just felt like you know maybe maybe we reached I don't know maybe but and I also thought in my mind all that athleticism that we saw at the combine. Where is that? We the, 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 a lot of people kept saying, "Oh, he only he only can stop the run. He's only a two down player." But my thing is, with all that athleticism, with all those gifts and that strength, I don't see why he can't put that together and learn some pass rush moves. I don't understand why he can't do that. And this year, we're seeing it right now. Man has two and a half sacks through the season, which is something that we didn't expect. Um, like you said, man, the tackles, the match, the, uh, a forced fumble. He's just he's just been a productive guy, and the Eagles have the number one run defense in the NFL. That's not by accident. It's not. So you got to give Jordan Davis uh, an A, not just 
for his production, but also for the distance travel. Yeah. Yep. That's a, that's true. The growth is a, is a big component of this thing. All right. I do want to just for time purposes, I want to jump over to the, to the, to the back end of this thing. The line. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So let, let's go, let's go with the corners. Let's go with the veterans. We got Slay and Bradbury. I'm going to start with Slay. I'm giving Slay a B here. Um, because I think he's dealing with a knee injury. He also stepped up. What I really appreciate about him is in, in, when when Lamb was killing them in that Cowboys game, he went to Desai and said, "All right, let me just follow. Him. I don't care if it's a slot. I don't care if it's outside. Like let, let me let me get him." And they, I'm not telling you they they shut down Slay. They didn't, but they contained him a lot better once Slay did that. He's also gotten a couple picks, you know, in some big spots uh, that I think flipped some things in certain games. In the Miami game, he had a huge interception. I'm giving him a B. He's not what he was. Um, I think this week will be good. He said afterwards he needed a break. He needed a week off. So that's good. I think we'll see a better slay in the second half. I, you know, I, I think B, B, my, I thought about B minus for a minute. Um, I'm going to give him a B. What, what yeah, I'm going to, yeah, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go B minus. Um, I haven't been fully um, pleased with uh, Slay's performance this season. Um, I'm, 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 I'm honestly chalking it up to the fact that, look, he, he's he's older and he's not going to be as fast. And that reaction time is not going to be the same. You know, he's at this point, in my in my opinion, at this point in his career, he's relying more on technique and skill and experience rather than athleticism. So um, I don't feel like he's been the biggest issue out there um, because he doesn't get thrown to um, as much like a Bradbury. Right. Uh, or the guys in the slot. Right. Um, and also, sometimes when the guys next to you aren't doing their job, it makes you look worse. So, um, you're right. He has come up with some key interceptions, you know, in some key spots, you know, in the Dolphins game and that in that New England game at the beginning of the season. Right. You know, so um, I'm going to give him a, a B minus. I think that's fair because I still think he's their best corner still. Um, B minus, but you know, Bradbury, man, that's, that's going to be a whole. Well, that's where that's where we're going next. Okay, so this one. I, it was weird because the offseason slay it looked like it wasn't going to work out. He's even tweeting like, you know, goodbye to the Eagles. They figure out a way to keep him. Bradbury, I thought for sure was going to leave. He didn't leave. They get him re-signed. We were thrilled about that. Bradbury has been disappointing. Uh, I, I'm going C plus here. And maybe I'm even being generous that it's not a yeah, C. A little uh, bit. <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm an easy grader, I guess. But um, no, I, I mean, I frankly, I, I, it's been, he's been disappointing. Uh, if I'm, if I'm looking at, disappointing players on the roster in general. He's one of the guys that pops to mind for me. Um, I don't like what I've seen. I don't like his coverage. He looks a step slower, even from last year. Um, you know, you're seeing the age a little bit on both of these guys, frankly, and, and some of the wear on the tire, I think a little bit from both of them, but in order for the Eagles to win that, you know, that vaunted Super Bowl, he's got to be better than he's been so far. Plain and simple. He is not, been as good as they need him to be and not as good as they're paying him to be. So he's got to be better. That's where I'm at with, uh, with James Bradbury. Yeah. You know, PFF has James Bradbury with a fit with the overall grade of 58. So, yeah, I mean, you, so, so, so put, put that in perspective. Um, James Bradbury this season, the reality is he's been a liability. Yep. And he's been targeted 51 times and he's allowed 29 receptions. That's ranked or tied for 26th in the NFL in terms of receptions allowed. So he's not a top 
15 or top 20 corner right now in the NFL. He's not even top 25 based off this metric that I gave. Um, the reality is there is, I mean, uh, the reality is James Bradbury looks like he lost a step. He regularly looks lost. I'm regularly seeing the back. I'm, I'm regularly seeing his name on the back of the jersey. I'm regularly seeing him chasing. Uh, he just he, he just always seems out of position sometimes. Yeah. Um. I gotta I gotta I gotta get Bradbury like a C man. He's just been he's been disappointing. Yep. He's been he's been gravely disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a problem, right? Because the there's so much instability elsewhere in the secondary. You lost Devontae Maddox early. That was a killer. You still haven't been able to replace him. I mean, and it looks like Roby's coming back, but we saw Roby for five minutes in the slot. Like mm-hmm. you can't say for certain what that's gonna look like. They've been trying everybody like Sidney Brown, and in his defense, it's not his position. Yeah. They're throwing other guys in there, and it hasn't worked. It hasn't worked. So, and I can't need, blame the scheme because the scheme is essentially the same. Yeah, I'm not. Right? That's not a Desai issue. That's a personnel issue, as far as I'm concerned. You know. Um, yeah. So anyway, but let's go there. Let's go to the safeties for a second here. Uh, I'm not even going to put use do anybody in the slot because there hasn't really been a slot guy. Right. Blank Blankenship. You know, I, I'm gonna. Here's where I'm gonna go with him. I'm going B minus in that he does have a nose for the football. He's got a couple of picks. If you think about it, he's made two potentially game saving plays. One, the tackle on Schoonmaker Sunday, which is huge. He also makes the play. If you remember in the first game against Washington on McLaren, where he forces him out of bounds and he doesn't make the you know the catch on the sideline. Which yeah, is- he has some clutch. Well, you're right. That's a good point. He yeah, he does he- have some clutch moments. Yeah, and I and I, again, he's just, it's his first year really getting time. I think he's been fine. I'm not telling you he's great, and I'm and he certainly hasn't been awful. He's been fine, which is a B minus. I'm okay with uh, blanket chip. Where yet? Yeah, like I'm a I'm a blanket chip guy. Um, I, he's someone that I really, really want to succeed because I believe that he understands how to play that position. I just think he needs more experience. Yeah. Um, he doesn't jump off the page athletically, but he's a great tackler and he's a high effort guy. Um, and I can and and I and I can work with that. Uh, typically, we typically when and also he plays he plays down he plays downhill. You know, he he has an ability to always get those those first down saving tackles, those touchdown saving tackles. He's a, you know, he's, he, he's a clutch tackler. Uh, I'm going to give Blankenship. Uh, because I like him, I'll give him a B minus. He can easily be a C plus though. Okay. He can okay. easily be a C plus, um, but he, he has some clutch moments. You got two interceptions and, in, you know, on the docket, he can, it, Oh, you and he can't. He's been. He's been. He's missed what two games on a season thus far, but because of injury or yes, three games. Yes, two two separate uh, rib issues. Yes, he has. So he has. I'm teetering between C plus and B minus. It's like uh, the health C plus, but yeah. you know, it's, it's. I'll 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 give him a C plus. I'll okay. commit. I'll commit to C plus. Fair for enough. Uh, I I can't. They're really. You know, the other safety spot has been kind of a revolving door. I, I, is mm-hmm. it fair to grade Brown or any of those guys? I can't. I, I, I can't grade yeah, Byron like either. You yeah. know, because um, Sidney Brown, Eli Ricks, all those young guys, they have no experience. Not and Joe, and, and uh, they've Scott, been. You know, they've been thrown yeah. out there way sooner than the Eagles probably would have liked. Yes. Um, they've done the best they could with, with what they've been given. 
they're raw talents. You know, they're third round picks, undrafted guys that, you know, listen, trial by fire has been the theme of the season. Yeah. And, you know, I like I, I, I like facets of their game. You know, Sidney Brown, uh, the freakish athleticism, the, uh, how physical he how physical he plays. Um, still has a lot to learn in terms of positioning and um, angling um, as far as like pass coverage. Um, Eli Ricks, um, a guy who a high effort guy, um, long body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he's had some moments, but overall, it's kind of hard to really get a strong um, grade for those guys because they're rookies and they've been thrown into the fire much sooner than they're supposed to. I mean, you lose you lose Avante Maddox, your starting slot, and then you lose his backup in Zach McPherson. Yeah. You know, it's kind of hard to really you know expect those guys expect those guys to play uh, above what the, you know what they have, especially with Eli Ricks, you know, being a boundary corner and outside corner by trade. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of hard to really um, be hard on those guys. I got you. Uh, let's go linebackers here. Yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be generous here, and I'm gonna give the Kobe Dean an incomplete. He's missed a ton of time. I think that's fair. When he was on the field, it was. It wasn't great. It was meh. It's probably a C. Unimpressive. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and we don't know what the extent of this foot injury is. We know he left the game. We know he hurt his foot before. That that caused him to miss four games. Is it the same foot? I believe it is the same foot. Yeah. Hmm. So that's a little troublesome. Look, here's the biggest thing we were. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com amazing to start your springtime adventure. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply afraid of tone that he couldn't stay on the field right that he that he couldn't hold up physically uh because he's a little bit undersized for, mm-hmm. for a, a linebacker and we haven't seen anything to prove that otherwise so far it's you know it's been kind of disappointing that's what i would say yeah i didn't like the position that they put in the kobe dean in, in the first place um my perfect scenario would have been 
you re-signed TJ Edwards and you will and you allowed TJ to play the mic. And then you have uh, Nicobe Dean um, back him up playing, um, you know, the off ball linebacker position. To me, that was the perfect scenario. But the Philadelphia Eagles thought it was perfectly okay throwing him into the fire and expecting him to just take over and be this successful uh, Mike linebacker. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't agree with that sentiment in any way. Um, I believe with, I believe with a guy like that, you want to bring him along slow. Uh, you want to, you want, you want to see if he can play first and foremost, right? You don't want to. I feel, I feel like they overloaded his responsibilities, and um, you know he's he's hurt. Um, we have no idea. We have no idea what his ceiling is, or even what his floor is. Um, it's, it's 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 just really hard to grade that grade that guy. But I, you know, I I, I just believe that the combination of Nicholas Morrow and Zach Cunningham has just been much more um, stable and productive. You know, so um, I'm going to give him to Kobe Dean an incomplete. Um, can't really say what he's capable of, really, because he can't sustain. Um, he can he he can't stay on the field. So. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. So uh, we'll continue with the linebackers here. I, you know what? I'm giving Zach Cunningham a B. Uh, I, I think he's done a nice job for them stepping in there, uh, you know, past defense. He's made some nice plays for them in the run game as well. I, you know, all things considered, he's played well for them. He's been something they've really needed to, to bring a stabilizing force to the uh, linebacker spot. So I'll give him props. He gets a B. Yeah, I agree with you with that. Um, not much needs to be said about Zach Cunningham. Um, just been a stable force back there. Um, has made plays. Um, has played well in the run. Um, and run defense. Um, I'm giving him a. I'm giving him a B as well. Um, hasn't been um, a, a a huge liability in pass coverage. I'm not saying he's great, but he hasn't been a huge a liability. As a matter of fact, I'm curious to know. I'm curious to know what Zach Cunningham's PFF grade is. Let me double check that real quick, because. I believe he's a player who's playing a little bit better better than what. Um, okay, here we go. So Zach Cunningham, he has uh, amongst linebackers, he has uh, a, a seventy point nine overall grade. That's good. Yeah, that, that, that's that's that's, yeah. that's decent. That's decent, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and it's kind of what you expect from a guy you signed off the street. I mean, what? I mean, that that's that's what I would expect, right? 100%. A guy that I signed on the street, a guy I didn't draft, a guy that you know a lot of people uh, didn't know if he still had anything left, who's battled injuries throughout his career. Um, over the past couple seasons, the fact that he's given you a 70.9 overall PFF grade at the linebacker position, I'll take that. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, let, let's go Nicholas Morrow. Uh, he's been fine, too. I mean, I'm going to go B-minus for him. Uh, it hasn't been uh, too bad. I mean, considering they got him for league minimum, cut him at one point, brought him back, elevated him from the practice squad. He's also gone out there and been okay. I, I Let me just say this. the The overall linebacker play, hasn't been good enough. Um I think I think it's because it's been it's been inconsistent in terms of personnel. Right. I think the, the Eagles are so hell bent on getting the Kobe Dean on the field and they're not they're not just following the hot hands. Look, yeah, you know, you know, Rob, like look, we, we talked about the Kobe Dean, right? His PFF grade through how many games has he played this year? He's um, probably only played about three or four. He missed he played the opener right, missed four. So he looked five. Saw, he's probably played th- four ish. Let me double check. I got it right here. Give me one second. Uh, he's played a grand total. Give me one second. Robbie got me. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. My bad. I had a little glitch here. Okay. Um, he's played a grand total of five games. Okay. Five games. Right. And, and he started in four. 
Yep. So through five games played, four games started, he has a 61.7 overall PFF grade amongst linebackers. Nicholas Morrow has an 84.9. Wow. 84.9. And on top of that, Nicholas Morrow has played in eight games, a larger sample size. Yeah. So what are we what are we not understanding here? Yeah, it's and he had the three sack game, Nicholas Moore. He's just had a way bigger impact. It's not even has forced fumble. I don't yeah. understand why we're overcomplicating this thing. You want yeah. your linebacker room to be better? Put the better guys out there. Simple yep. as that. Yep. By the Agreed. way, Moore, by the way, Moore gets a B for me. Yeah, same. I, I, look, those two have been fine. It, again, underwhelming linebacker play in general, and you wish you had gotten more out of Dean. You wish you had seen more from him that he hasn't been able to stay healthy, and we don't know what the status is of that foot. So we, we may not know until next week, uh, you know, at this point. Who knows? Uh, by the way, Sirianni gave them off until Monday. So the players are off the rest of this week and into Monday. So they'll get a little bit of a day previous uh, a little bit of a head start going into the Chiefs game uh, and that game is not till Monday uh, as well all right we're going to step aside when we come back coaching greats we're gonna go through Brian Johnson Sean Desai Michael Clay Nick Sirianni uh, we'll get into all those things uh, when we come back uh, a lot to dive into as we continue with our midterm grades here on Sports Take. all right pro action restoration pro action restoration is the place that you reach out to if you're a business if you're home if a property that you own goes through the pain and inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage. You name it, they can handle it, okay? And the beauty is ProAction Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist you. I can tell you that from personal experience. I went through it on a Saturday. I really didn't know who to reach out to. Um, I eventually reached out to ProAction. They got over to my parents' house. Uh, my parents' basement was flooded. They came in. They stopped the flood. Uh, they cleaned it all up and it was a mess. Let me tell you, the crew was amazing. Uh, it was clean. The price was right. And they fixed the problem. They resolved the issue. Uh, it couldn't have been a better experience. Pro action restoration. Uh, they are licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Pro action will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, maybe something else. They can help you. Give them a call. 610. 623-3760-610-623-3760. Or you could reach out to them online, proactionrestoration.com. That's proactionrestoration.com. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger 
and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, Blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your greenhouse? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250. Hanging out with you on this Tuesday. That's Tone to Shields in for Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis hanging out with you guys. All right, we continue our grades and then we'll get into our NFL segment, Tone, including last night's game between the Chargers and the Jets. All right. Wah, wah, Brian Johnson. Wah, wah. Yeah, that was a want wah for sure. Uh, not surprising considering the Jets' offense. But, you know, they had shown a little bit of fight, you know, the last couple of weeks, but that was, it was offensively not there. Although I thought the defense, Hung in there as best that they could. Anyway, yeah, um, they had some quarterback play. That game would have definitely been something that they could easily win. If you ask me, I think the Chargers are just oh, Chargers just hanging over our thread. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson, who was the new offensive coordinator for the Eagles, he was the quarterbacks coach. He he moved up to the coordinator position when Shane Steichen left. Um, you know, look, I think anytime you take over play calling, you take over as a coordinator at the NFL level. He had done it in college, mind you, at Florida. But that that's there's going to be a challenge and there's going to be growing pains. And and certainly in the early going, it felt like the Eagles passing game wasn't there, wasn't where it needed to be, wasn't at the, the height of what it was last year. It took a while. Uh, I think really over the course of about the last five games, it feels like the passing game caught its stride again. And I think Jalen looks much more comfortable in the passing game, looks a, a lot more fluid. Uh, A.J. Brown's obviously going crazy. Devontae Smith's still having a good year. Goddard was starting to come on, although that's an issue too because it took a while to get Goddard going. Right. Um, there had been times where I felt like the play calling kind of got a little messy. I thought they re- they they passed a little bit too heavy in the Jets game. Um, I, some of the situational stuff, like the throw to AJ Brown in the first Washington game, 
the throw to AJ Brown down the sideline. And I know Nick Sirianni defended it. I didn't like it. Um, that's just me. I like the guts that they continue to show, especially with the tush push from almost anywhere on the field. I love that. I love the aggression. They're certainly uh, good and bad. I, I, look, I, I would give them a B because I see an offense that's still scoring at a very high rate. So I would go B for Brian Johnson. How about you? Uh, I'm giving Brian Johnson a B minus because um, he started off like the play calling to, to begin the season was so was highly questionable. And I had my questions earlier, earlier on. So I think at that point he was already starting from ground zero. Um, he's, he's, he hasn't been, he's been anything but perfect. But when you think about, you know, the previous matchups, the Dallas Cowboys game, I felt like he called three of his best quarters and, you know, uh, you know, in succession, um, that fourth quarter was just really, really bad. Uh, he, he, he almost, he turned an A game into like a, like a B type of game. You know what I mean? It was, it was just fourth quarter was just so bad. Um, his Miami play calling was strong. Um, his Rams play calling uh, was an improvement of things we've seen. Um, his Washington Commanders play calling the second matchup um, was pretty strong as well, especially in that second half. Um, so on the season, I'm going to give him a B minus because um, I still have my questions. Uh, there are still moments where he uh, show, shows his inexperience at the position. Um, and uh, you know, if he if he can get his situation, and also the the red zone has improved tremendously over the past a uh, handful of weeks. So it has. That's a big thing. The last two weeks, it's gotten a lot better. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm I'm going to give him a B minus on the season thus far. And look, uh, for a first year coordinator uh, in the NFL, uh, you know, taking over this team who who made it to the Super Bowl last year. Listen, you know, we're comparing it to what Shane Steichen was doing, right? So it's it's, it, he's already. It, it's not like it's not like they were terrible, and then he right. just and, and then he's trying to you know turn it into something, right? We saw what we saw, we experienced what we experienced, so we're kind of jaded in you know in our approach and in our grading. So um, I think a B minus is fair, especially at the midpoint of the season. It can only it can only get better, really. Um, he just has to become more aware uh, of situation football, and uh, just and just take the easy way out. You know, don't don't overcomplicate it, don't overcook it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. Let's go to Cy. Um, You know, this, I think this was a much tougher job. He stepped in there having lost some pretty good parts. Um, mm -hmm. He lost CJGJ. He lost Hargrave. He lost Epps. He lost Edwards. He lost Kaiser White, who kind of you know, tapered off a little bit at the end of last year. But nonetheless, he lost a good amount of parts from that defense, which I think obviously makes his job that much harder trying to get a, a lot of new faces acclimated. Um, he he was – they drafted Jalen Carter, which was great. Jordan Davis has improved. Uh, he deserves credit for that as well, uh, having gotten these guys better. But it definitely took um, – he. I think he definitely has had the more challenging uh, road here. He also had Reddick with a cast on for the first three weeks, which, which you know, hurt his production. I, I think for, for Desai – I think it's a lot more understandable some of the growing pains than even Johnson has had so far. Um, you know, again, he falls in a very similar area for me. I think he's in in the B-ish kind of kind of category. I think he's he's done some things. I would like to see them take the ball away more. Um, I you know, he's never going to be as aggressive as people want him to be. I understand that. That's just the nature of the beast of how they feel philosophically as an organization. You know, people wanted the opposite of Gannon. You weren't going to get the opposite of Gannon, plain and simple. Um, 
uh, but B, I thought uh, thing all things considered, they're they've been awesome against the run, not good against the pass, and I don't lay all that on him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I can't even put the turnovers on him because turnovers are something you can't really predict or you can't can't really account for. Um, it's kind of something that just happens, um, you know, in the midst of your defensive play calling. Turnovers are more so, in my opinion, on players, you know, making a play. If that's punching a ball out um, or, um, you know, maybe jumping a route on an interception, so, you know, something like that. So, um, I don't, you know, I don't really think you can scheme, in, in, you know, for an interception. Um, that, that, that's just my opinion, though. Um, but I think overall, I feel like Sean Desai, based off everything he's been given, everything he's lost, um, the fact that this team is still eight and one, even with um, a shaky pass defense, uh, the fact that uh, the fact that they're still able to hold teams to 21 points or less on average throughout the season, uh, the fact uh, that the red zone defense, you know, that, you know, they, you know, they get, you know, they, they, they tighten up back there when things get a little tough and he still has that defense believing he, he still has that defense playing um, with the high motor, regardless of if they're giving up things on the back end. So, um, just based off based off all of his circumstances uh, and his willingness to adjust, I think that's one thing we've seen with him that we haven't seen uh, in the past uh, on the defense side of the ball with the coaching staff. The inability to um, adjust um, after a, a, after you've seen what you've seen in the first half. The most notable um, situation we've seen with adjustments uh, was in that Rams game, uh, where it, we, we literally they were getting carved up in that first half, and all of a sudden um, he found a way to put his players in position to limit uh, Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup and Puka Nakoa and those guys, man, uh, from killing them. And, again, a, a guy just doing the best he can with the way he's been given. Um, I'll give I'll give Sean Desai uh, uh, a B. He gets he gets, a, he gets a B for me. It's not a B minus because he has significantly less talent on his side. He's dealt with way more injuries uh, than Brian Johnson and still finding a way to keep this defense engaged and still um, believing uh yeah that that's i agree i think that's a fair fair way to look at it i look i think when you're talking about both both sides of the ball there's room for improvement i mean there's things that, that you like a lot eagles pass rush is still really good they're number one against the run you love those things they need to be better at taking the ball away and not getting as gashed as they're getting in the passing game and then you go to the offensive side of the ball continued improvement in the red zone get back to running the ball well like you were mm-hmm. um protecting Jalen and and kind of go from there I mean it's this is not a finished product by any means uh on either side of the ball that's for sure Absolutely. all right this area I'm, I'm going to give a, a a B plus um special teams Michael Clay's group have been better plain and simple like Jake Way better. Always a, yeah always a steadying force Elliot we know that that's fine we know it going in Braden Mann had some clutch punts Sunday tone some very clutch punts in deep in his own territory kind of situations. Yeah. And um, Dallas is known for you. Know, Dallas, their special teams is known for um blocking some punts and yep. taking some to the house. So totally, totally. John Fossil's group has been really good. And I know Turpin ripped off a big return, but Turpin is an excellent returner. Sometimes he, you got to tip your hat a little bit. Yeah, he does. He does worse damage than that. So yeah. I mean, but, I, you know, I'll take a go with the bet. Covey's been solid. Uh, you don't really get much of a chance to ever return kicks. It's just the, the life in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all in all, remember how afraid we were of this the special teams last year, even at this point? This is an area where they're way better than they were midway through last season. Way better. Yeah, you know, it's so funny, right? Last season, they couldn't stop the run. Nope. And special, and, and, and special teams sucked. 
you know, offense was still humming. This year, offense is humming, uh, like, you know, per usual, from a stat perspective. Uh, amazing on third down, amazing on fourth down, great situationally, so on and so forth, improving in the red zone. Um, Jalen Hurts is uh, having a pretty good season, uh, all things considered. Uh, special teams is playing significantly better this year. Uh, defensive side, pass, uh, pass defense is lackluster, but run defense is amazing. And when I think about it, like from that perspective, it's like, okay, we got worse compared to last year. We've gotten worse in one area, but we've improved in two areas. So it's like, okay, we took one step back to take two steps forward. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, when I think about it from that perspective, man, also I can't help but to compare it to that Super Bowl season where, you know, okay, they, they weren't the best in stopping the pass. Right. But they were a team that you couldn't run the ball on them at all. Uh, they were they were humming on offense. Special teams was amazing that year. Yep. Um, and they were able to win it. So look, man, just based off trends and based off the formula, is is that more so the formula than anything? Because I feel like I feel like I, I would I would much rather have a defense that can't be ran on than a than a defense that can be that can't be passed on. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. because I feel like. I feel like if you can't stop the run, you're just getting worn down, worn right. down. And you're not getting the ball back. You're not getting the ball back. You're not, you know, you're not getting your um, you're not getting your defense off the field. You know, when you know when, when someone's passing the ball, so many things can happen when that ball's in the air. Yep. So I'd much rather have a stout run defense than a stout pass defense because we've seen what that looks like last year. Having being that it's so funny, right? Last year we were ranked what number one, number two in pass defense, but we watched the, we watched all those games and we were thinking to us thinking to ourselves, there's still something off about this pass defense still, mm-hmm. even though even though yeah they're ranked, but we're still seeing quarterbacks you know completing higher percentage of their passes. We're still seeing like quarterbacks do whatever they want for the most part. They're moving the ball. It's it still didn't seem like a top five pass defense, I, and so you know and obviously they caught more interceptions and they tapered tapered off towards the end of the season, but. Listen, man, I'd much rather, like I said, have a I'd much rather have a stellar run defense than a stellar pass defense, man, because at least in the pass game, anything can happen. Run game, man, you know, you're just getting beat up and abused. <laughs> and I don't that's the last thing I want. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So let, let, we 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 did a lot on Sirianni off the top, but let just to circle back to this, you know, real quick. I mean, you're talking about a team that just continues to win. He's eight and one this season. He went 14 and three in the regular season last year. He got them to a Super Bowl in his second season as the coach, got him to the playoffs in the first year as a coach, coming up four win season. The the the, the growth is, you know, it, it's hard to grow off of 14 and three, but the, so far they're on pace to do it. I, I think they'll end up probably losing at least three to four games this year. It's just with the nature of the beast of the schedule. Mm-hmm. I still think they're going to be the number one seed tone. Uh, I think they're setting themselves up to do well in the playoffs. Uh, you know, obviously Jalen's health is critical throughout all this and other guys not yeah. going down. Um, but yeah, 22 and four in his last 26 regular season games is a crazy number. That's like, I, crazy I number. think sometimes we say that stuff and it's just kind of like, oh yeah, that's awesome. Like, that's unbelievable. It's unbelievable to be that good. Yeah. I mean, look again, like I said, at the top of the show, say what you want about him, have your own personal opinion about his personality. You know, have your own personal opinion about how Harry Roseman like his, you know, uh, you know how Harry Roseman likes the dynamic between his coaches and himself. Um, and we know Harry Roseman; he likes to be in control of his ship. Right. And 
um, some organizations they lack they, they lack structure to the point where they're willing to give so many uh, or so much of the organizational power to the head, to certain coaches because they lack um, they lack a foundation they lack uh, they lack the infrastructure to be able to um, have sustained success regardless of the head coaches out there. Uh, let's be honest, man. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles um, over the, you know Andy Reid, see what you want about Chip Kelly, um, Doug Peterson, Nick Sirianni. They've all had double-digit win seasons. They all have records over 500 in terms of being head coaches for Philadelphia Eagles. So the way I see it, man, um, Nick Sirianni, you know, he was hired in a great situation to have an in, to, to, to have an infrastructure where he doesn't have to have 100% control of the personnel decisions because I, I feel like when I see teams like that where you have coaches making too many decisions, mm-hmm. that means, in my opinion, you're distracted. Yes. And and also it, it leaves too much room. It leaves too much room for mistakes. And sometimes you can't see the forest from the trees when you're that engulfed um, in every in every decision that's being made. So um, a lot of people have strong opinions about the structure, about the way they do business. Uh, I'm willing to roll with it because um, it's a winning formula. Um, they've had success. And Nick Sirianni is um, is thriving uh, in this dynamic. Um, I think the difference between Doug and, and Nick uh, even though I am a Doug guy because he was able to deliver something for us. I, I, that won't change unless Nick is able to do something, do something yeah, like that. No doubt. Um, but um, the difference between Doug and Nick was and is Doug once he won that Super Bowl. And we don't know what Nick Sirianni is going to turn into after he wins one. But the reality is Doug was a guy who always stuck to his guns and he knew he wasn't afraid to throw his weight around regardless of what's going on. Yeah. Um, Nick, he he placates the Howard. He understands he, he understands the personality and um, he doesn't he, he he doesn't step on his toes and he if you notice you know if you notice a lot whenever Howie comes up he kind of lends he kind of leans to Howie and you know he he understand he respects the dynamic they have and um, I think that's why he's been thriving in this situation on top of that the players are responding yeah um, and again see what you want about him but the players are responding and trust me if he if if, if he was on BS if 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 he, if if he wasn't if he if he wasn't talking that talk or if he was uh not necessarily doing his job per se. Uh, it would it, it would show on the football field. Best believe that. No, for sure. So. I mean, when that stuff is, if, when players don't believe in you, it, it it even if it doesn't happen in some like bombshell way, the cracks start to happen, and then little things start to get bigger, bigger, bigger. We don't see that stuff, man. We don't. Not in this locker room. And I think credit to to the other thing that Nick did that was very smart. He initiated that leadership council. With, with the veterans, with Fletcher mm-hmm. Cox and Brandon Graham and Kelsey and uh, and Lane, and he he leaned on those guys and gave them some autonomy and a voice in the locker room. And, and a lot of smart coaches do this, but some don't. Um, and this, I think, that really went a long way to, hey man, you guys police yourselves. Like I'm I'm going to come down if things are wrong, but I trust you guys to be able to handle some of the issues that are happening internally. And those guys want that, man. Good players want that kind of leadership. They do. Some guys shy away from it, but for the most part, those guys want it. And this team has really good leadership and good dudes. They just do. Yeah, not many teams are blessed, um, again, um, you know, with this infrastructure that the Philadelphia Eagles have and and, and the type of personnel that they employ, um, be it through the draft, be it through free agency. Um, it's something to behold. Um, Nick Sirianni, even though they came off of a 4-11-1 season, he inherited a, pre- a pretty good foundation um, with having a, an offensive line that still had talent on it, um, a defensive line that still had talent. Uh, you know, guys who guys who won Super Bowl, uh, guys who won the Super Bowl, guys who had success, guys who were considered 
um, first team our pros, the top of their craft. And on top of that, they were just high character guys. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, again, it, it, it always will go back to the foundation, the bricks that the Philadelphia Eagles have continued to lay over the past several years. You know, this isn't something that just happens overnight. This is something you have to establish. It's something you have to cultivate and nurture. And Nick Sirianni was 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 blessed with an opportunity to be able to coach um, players from an organization that truly actually wants to win games. They're not just satisfied with ticket sales. They actually care about winning. They actually care about their image. They care about being successful. Um, there are a lot of organizations in this league, like like the Chargers, who really don't care about winning like they like they claim they do. Um, they just, as long as they hit their bottom line, they're fine. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of organizations in the NFL. A lot of people don't like to talk about that. A lot of fans. Um, they don't like to look at the game from that perspective. Um, they like to focus on the football and not necessarily the business. And I totally understand that. But unfortunately, there are some fans who will never see a Super Bowl because their organization cares more about the bottom line than actually putting winning people in winning situations. Yeah. And, uh, and, 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 and that's what the Philadelphia Eagles have regularly done over the past several years, putting winning people in winning situations. And, you know, we got a, a Super Bowl out of it. Um, I believe more Super Bowls are to come. I definitely believe Jalen Hurts and, and Sirianni and we're going to get at least one um, in their tenure here. Um, and if that happens, man, it was a success. No, no, absolutely agreed. Agreed. All right, let's get a timeout. Let's do some NFL. Uh, we'll open it up uh, to the entire league. We'll start with last night's game. Some updates on some quarterbacks and what's going on there. Uh, I'll tell you the numbers tone for the uh, the morning game on Sunday in Germany were through the roof. For the Ooh. Chiefs and the Dolphins, I'll give you those numbers as well. Did they drop the numbers for the Cowboys Eagles game? Because that because I haven't seen those yet. I need to see those, man. Because that was the game. That game lived up to lived up to the hype. Oh, I'm sure they were. It was the ratings were really good. Prime time, absolutely. All right, we'll do all that when we get back. Don't go anywhere. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, Flynn Tree Services. Yes, Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face, and they're experts at trimming all types of trees, and they service southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Uh, keep in mind, you know, we got the a little bit of a calm before the storm right now in terms of the fall weather before the winter really hits. It's a great time to get your trees evaluated. You can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610 850-2848-610-850-2848 or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We are back. Hour number three. Time flies when you're having fun. Hope you're doing great out there. Appreciate you hanging out. That's Tone in for Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take. Jacob Sports YouTube. Hey, Rob, real quick before we get too deep into the sports talk. Uh, yes, I, got a, I got a question for you. Do you have, have uh, what they call a, a guilty pleasure snack that maybe some, way, some, some might say, uh, you're too old to still be enjoying that, to, to, to still be enjoying that snack, but... Uh, you still indulge in it anyway because you love the way it tastes. You know, you love you, you you love you love the texture. You know, it's, it's just something you can't give up, regardless of how old you'll ever get. Do you have that guilty pleasure snack? Yes. Uh, well, uh, yes. First, but the answer is uh, I am a a sweets junkie. I like sweets, uh, so okay. I I will still you know eat candy like I'm uh, like a, a little kid who just got done trick or treating if it's in front. <laughs> So the answer is yes. Uh, like we had a couple extra, like of those, the little Hershey bars uh, and Reese's cups and I confiscated them and I have been. <laughs> I, I love, I love, I love the way you, I love the way you adulted it up. Right. I confiscated oh, yeah. those. And, uh-huh. uh... <laughs> and they're, they're in a special place uh, where others may not be able to find them that I will dip into uh, on a daily basis. So, okay. Let me take yeah. a step further. What's that snack that your wife tells you to give up, but you refuse to? Oh boy. Uh, oh god. Snack, food, whatever it is. Like she's like, "Yo, just can you please just give this I up, am please?" A, like I'm a goldfish junkie. Goldfish <laughs> junkie. Like can't get enough. Like I finished a bag today. I didn't eat the whole bag, but there was oh, like a, probably a quarter of a bag left today, and I pounded it down before the show. That was my pre-show meal. And so, the wife yes. is, and the wife is tired of them. She's tired of the yeah, and they're, yeah, yeah. Because I always, I'm always like, if she, either I go shopping and I get him, or if she's going, I'll ask her to get me. She's like, didn't I just buy you a bag of goldfish? I'm like, yeah, and I just finished them, so I need more goldfish. <laughs> uh, I like regular cheddar, just the regular cheddar. How about you? What's yours, Tone? You know what's so crazy? Um, growing up, I was a huge, and still to this day, I'm a huge peanut butter and jelly guy. Oh, I oh, and yes. and for me, 
I love those Smuckers peanut butter yeah, and the, jelly. Yeah, the, like, the, uh, the, the special, uh, what the, are they called? The, the, um, the the uncrustables. Uncrustables. That's right. I'm a I'm a I'm a uncrustables son of a gun. Yep. Oh my god! Like I'll buy a box of them. I could probably pound like three or four of them, like back to back to back. Oh, they're <laughs> easy to throw. I mean, I don't know how you don't at least do two in a setting. I I, I have no idea. I I love uncrustables, man. Uh, it's, yeah. I, it's the texture. It's I love peanut butter. Period. I'm I a, love. I, I'm a sucker butter. for peanut butter, oh, man. My god. I got to tell you, for yeah. sure, man. Uh, but yeah, that's my guilty pleasure snack. My my wife. She, she's always on my ass about. You yeah, know, but you could do me. way worse than 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 the uncrustable. Like, because I'm a snacker. Okay, yeah. I put you this way, right? My wife hates going shopping because whenever whenever I get like a snack that I really like, it's going in like two or three days. Yes. So she's like, she's like, she's like, yo, can they last until yeah. at least can you a pace day yourself or a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, can, yeah. Can you pace yourself? And I'm like. Uh, I mean, you're not going to eat them, so what's the what's the, what's the point, right? You I know mean, what it is. There's certain things like I don't I, like. I love Doritos too. Not that I have them a ton, but like they're addicting. Yeah. Like I, you know, there's just certain things, man. That once I get rolling, it's I, slippery I, slope. Yeah, I'm the same hard way. To stop. I'm the same yeah. way. Yeah, certain things. It's 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 a like you, you say Doritos. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, it's Cheez Its. I love um, Cheez Its. Oh if my God. I get, I don't buy Cheez Its often. I used to buy them all the time, but then my wife was like, she yep. woke up, she she woke up once many mornings. She's like, listen, you, you farting in your sleep, so, <laughs> so so I'm like, okay, all right, whatever. Yeah. So so I fell back from buying them, but then one day I bought them again, and they were going in two days, and it was it was the family size box. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, they were going the in two ones. days, and yep. and my wife was like, listen, I don't want to ever see these in the house ever again. <laughs> but you know, I still find ways to stick them in the cart. But, uh, yeah, yeah, well, you know what happens? Like, this is what happens with certain. And I, I'm not like a huge salt guy. Let me just say that. But if if goldfish and Cheez-Its have the right amount of salt on them, oh, oh, God. And if they don't, they're not nearly as good, man. They're very bland. And this is coming from Mr. Bland here, okay? But they're too bland if they don't put just enough salt on them. The salt is the key on the goldfish and the Cheez-Its. Every time. Listen, don't they get better the closer you get to the bottom? Oh, because you know. You know I got to savor the last couple of these. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, you know what? I, I'll tell you something I rarely ever have. A couple times a year, maybe. Fritos. I, Fritos are underrated. I like the Frito, man. Uh, I know. Not, it's not for everybody. I get it. I But I like the Frito. You know, it's, it's so funny. The, the chat's funny, man. Uh, someone said, uh, Dylan said, pickle green beans are fire. I've never had, <laughs> I've never had those at all. I haven't either, uh, man. Um, what else? Um, who, who else do we have here? Uh, Iceberg we, salads with low-cal Italian and pepperoni. Okay, that's different. Uh, Wheat okay, thins with mustard that sounds, cheese. That sounds no fun. Wheat okay. thins with mustard cheese. All right. Okay. Okay. All I right. like it. I like it. What else yeah. do we have here? I saw. I saw someone say the purple, the purple bag of Doritos. Oh yeah, those the. Uh, oh yeah. Are. Oh uh, no, no, well, man. Is that sweet chili? Is that what it's called? Yeah, uh, some uh, of those. Whoo. I think it's called sweet chili or, or, or spicy chili or something like that. Those, those are pretty good. Those. There's are a little good. kick to those bad boys. For sure, yeah. man. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know. I know the problem is like. Uh, and I'm pretty lucky. I'm I'm not one who, who yeah, pizza, nachos, yeah. I haven't had a lunchable in years. I used to have the kids oh used my. to have those for. I pack them in their lunch sometimes, or that would be lunch if they were off or whatever. Yeah, spicy uh, sweet chili. That's what it is. Yes. Yep. Oh, but man. I'm lucky in that I don't put a ton of weight on. I'm lucky in that sense. But I also yeah, you know are. that it's still not healthy to eat that stuff. So it's hard 
to kind of balance it, man. You know, it is. It's hard not to always be eating junk all the time. Yeah, yeah I, sure. I definitely, I definitely, uh, I don't put on weight as fast. Um, but once I passed 25, like things, then things started like sticking to me a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> before I moved, before I moved to Texas, yeah. I was at my heaviest because I, I was just, you know, well, you, you dropped, know. you dropped a ton. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, before I, before I, before I came to Texas, I was two forty. Now I'm down to two twenty, like two nineteen. So, um, yeah, man, um, I'm I'm doing better, but I still have my guilty pleasures for sure. Fact checkers, right? Wait till you're over forty. That yeah, you think you think twenty five was hard? We, we, yeah, man, it's it's no joke once you once you get there. Trust me when I tell you that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. All right. Uh, you, you're going to have man. to take that one down, Tone, because my whole comment section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, my, my mind did the exact same thing. So okay. you're good. Just, uh, uh, yeah, just cool. um, go to a different tab and go back to it. You should be okay. Okay. All um, right. So anyway, uh, we were where we're what, pick it back up with the NFL because there's a lot to do here uh, with the NFL. Uh, yeah, I'm good again, uh, by the way. All right. So um, last night, Chargers handled the Jets. It was a boring game, quite frankly. It, it, you know, it yeah. was after the Sixers, I popped over and gave it my full. The Sixers were killing them in the fourth, so I popped over in the fourth yeah. uh, from the Sixers to to give it my full attention. But it wasn't entertaining. I mean, at some point, I have to imagine the Jets' defense starts getting frustrated and stuff's going to start leaking out. They've done a pretty good job maintaining so far this year and hanging around. I mean, to their credit, they were 4-3 and three going into last night's game, but – you know, the offense was just putrid. And the thing is, if you just looked at uh, Zach Wilson's line and you stopped at 33 of 49, 263 yards, you'd say it's not terrible. Yeah, but he, 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 he didn't turn the ball over. But Well, he didn't throw picks. He fumbled it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I take that back. Right. He didn't, he didn't throw any picks, but he, he did. He did fumble. But it's like, it's, it's like, damn, like that defense has shut down some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. And if they just had some quarterback play. They would easily be Super Bowl contenders. Well, look at it this way. Herbert had 136 yards throwing last night, was sacked five times, and they still put up 27 points. Why? Also, because, they started the game on the, the – what was it, that punt return? Right. So, and and, and their defense just the, – they had no chance a lot of times because the Chargers had, you know, short fields, et cetera. It was – I I know they don't have great options at the backup spot. Uh, you know, I get it, but I don't know, man. I I I've seen enough of Zach Wilson. I mean, I have just seen plenty, plenty, plenty there. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's be honest. He's he's just not it, and no. um, I don't really see where I don't really see him getting better than this because I don't really see it on a week to week basis. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of he's at this point. I feel like he this. You know how yesterday we were talking about Gino. Yeah. And we were saying, you know, he had that he had that crazy year last year. And then this year he's where he is where he is. And I said, and I said, I think this is actually the real Geno Smith right here. I think yeah, we're yeah, seeing, what we're seeing this year. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think what we're seeing from Zach Wilson, this this is exactly who he is. You know what I mean? He's yeah, oh yeah. He's a he's a guy who hopefully only turns the ball over once a game and He's going to do his best, but he's not somebody that's going to win you the game. Yep. You know what I mean? He's a guy that needs some things to happen before, you know, like, look, only six points registered. Three, like, they couldn't, they couldn't even get in the field. They couldn't even get in the red zone. So Yeah, it was terrible. It was terrible. No, they can't sustain drives. They have no running game. Uh, Dalvin Cook looks shot. Yeah, he's he's either cooked or they have just done. I mean, like, Brees Hall's better. He, you know, I know he's not happy and he's all that. younger. He's younger as well. And he's but, better. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. better. 
Yeah, and also, uh, in fairness to Dalvin, um, he hasn't really been getting any touches. He needs um, to go elsewhere after this year. Yeah, he does. He needs to be somewhere else. Think about this, right? This is his, this, these are his carries over the past several weeks, and I'm going backwards from the Chargers game. Two carries, two right. carries, three carries, six yeah. carries, five carries. What, he he's a running he he's a volume runner. You got to give him the ball more. He needs you know to be I mean? elsewhere. It's just and not they a don't fit. Have, and they don't have an offensive line. Yeah. So you 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 add all that you add all that together, and it's just a recipe for disaster, man. No offensive line. No, no, no stability at quarterback. Um, your running back, uh, your running back, uh, the running back you signed, um, just looks like he can't, he can't figure it out in your offense, or you don't even give him the ball. Yeah. Um, and it's so funny, he had a decision between the Dolphins and the uh, the Jets, the Jets. And yeah. let's be totally honest about this: they're 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 There's only a one game difference between their records, five Which and three, is, and yeah, but four we know. Four. You know, there's a big difference between that five and three and that four and four. No, 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 it is. It is. It definitely is. Um, but it's just fascinating how like there's only a one game difference between those situations. And uh who knows what the Dolphins would have been with the Dalvin Cook. I mean most of it's been good. But, but yeah, most of it in Devon A chain has been amazing. So yeah. um yeah, man, maybe the, the Dolphins made a made a good decision, you know, rocking with who they had and Dalvin Cook not so much. So well um, uh, here's here's the other thing. So after that game last night. Chargers are doing what the Chargers always do. They're four and four. They're hanging around. They're going to be close to being a playoff team. And some people are going to buy in. And then all of a sudden, they're going to break somebody's, not mine or yours, but they're yeah, going to break somebody's, somebody's heart. Uh, I'm telling you, this is classic Charger territory right now, winning that game last night. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. If we're really looking at this, I don't think, okay, what's the Chargers upcoming schedule right now? Let's look at that really quickly. So, so okay, wow, this is a hell of a yo. Listen to this. Yeah. So through the first several games of the season, right? They've lost the first two. Yeah. Th- then they won the next two. Then they've lost the next two. And then they yeah, won. That's exactly the, who they are. That's yeah. exactly who they are. And if 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 you if you look at the matchups, they took advantage. Of, they 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 took advantage of weak teams. Yeah. Their wins are against the Vikings, Raiders, Bears, and Jets. Yeah. They lost. To the Dolphins, lost to the Titans, who are who will always be a physical team that's going to push you to the brink, no matter what you say about them. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost to the Dolphins, lost to the Titans, lost to the Cowboys, lost to the Chiefs. The Chargers are pretenders; they're not for real. And Justin Herbert is not your savior. No. Um, they need. Um, they're, they're a talented team, yet they still can get things done. Um, they fired. Um, the, the, they fired their offensive coordinator last year. I think his name was John Lombardi or Joe Lombardi, something like that. Joe, yeah. So, and, Joe and, Lombardi. Kellen Moore is the guy now. Yep. They fired Joe Lombardi last year because he was supposed to be the problem. They mm-hmm. kept Brandon Staley around, um, even though he's a defensive guy. So I can't even put him in responsible for the offense. You fired Joe Lombardi, and then you bring in Kellen Moore, and your offense still was productive. Yeah. At some point, we got to start looking at the quarterback and say, okay, is this guy just a statue stuffer? He's not a winner. We, at some point, he has he's had yeah. what he's had what two three different coordinators being in the NFL. Yeah. At some point, when are we going to start looking at Justin Herbert? We're not yeah. questioning his talent. Mm-hmm. We're not questioning his ability to give put up the yards and the touchdowns. We're, we're not questioning his arm ability. We're not questioning that. We're questioning his ability to win games and show up in the biggest of moments when it matters most for his team. We're questioning if he can carry his team and lead his team. Mm-hmm. And through two different head coaches. I believe three different offensive coordinators. At some point, we got to start looking at the uh, looking at the the quarterback, and they paid him a lot of money. So, 
I don't know, man. I got you. I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. All right, let, let, let's jump to a couple other things. I, I I fully agree with this. So John Harbaugh said that the AFC North is the toughest division toe-to-toe in football. I would agree with that. You have the Ravens at 7-2, and two, Steelers, Browns, Bengals, all 5-3. and three. Cincinnati going up, you know, very quickly. They're ascending mm-hmm. very quickly. They've won four straight. We talked about you know, this yesterday. The AFC yeah. North is legit. It, it, it's the nastiest one. I mean, by far. I mean, you look at, there's a couple of divisions I guess you can make a little bit of a case for, but ultimately in the end, uh-uh, man, toe-to-toe, if you're talking about all four teams, it's absolutely that division. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, if, you, if you really look at it, man, uh, it's a three-way tie at five and three between Steelers, Browns, and Bengals, and Baltimore is seven and two. Yep. So the only the only difference is those other three teams have had their bye. Baltimore hasn't had their bye yet, so that's going to even out at some point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, but you're right. When you look at the other divisions, there's no other division that has more winning teams um, than the AFC North. Um, the AFC North, um, their worst team in terms of record, and again, it's a three-way tie. All three teams, they're two games above 500. You know, the next closest team in terms of division success, I mean, if you really go down the list, maybe the Philadelphia Eagles because they're 8-1 and one and Dallas is 5-3. and three. Um, Detroit is 6-2. and two. Vikings are 5-4. and four. Um, NFC West, 49ers are 5-3. and three. Seahawks are 5-3. and three. Not AFC, enough toe-to-toe. AFC Come East, six and three, back, yeah. five and four. So when you really think about it from team to team to team to team in each each division, the AFC North is easily by far the best division as a whole. No. Um, yeah. that that division has divas defenses. Oh, yeah, like, they're gonna punish you. You're gonna feel it the next week, whoever you play, that's for sure. All right, so a couple right. others. Kyler Murray's back. Yes, barring any kind of setbacks, he will get the nod for the Cardinals this week. So that tells me a couple of things. Um, they were true to their word. They said when he's ready to play, we'll play him. We're, we're not just trying to tank. Okay, fine. I mean, I still think they're going to lose way more than they win to close out the season, but nonetheless. Uh, but the other thing it tells me is he is going to be their quarterback next year. So yes. wherever they end up finishing, whoever the best player available is, they're going to grab. Um, you know, what I could see them doing, I'm, I'll get way ahead of myself. I could see them trading back a couple of slots and grabbing like a Marvin Harrison Jr. So you have that monster. For, for him yeah. to throw to, which wouldn't be the, the worst thing in the world. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that they could go. Don't get me wrong, but just food for thought. Um, no, that's interesting. Uh, but I got a question for you in terms mm-hmm. of this, right? With them being one and eight, yeah. should, should they even had why, why, why put him out there? I, I think I think he wants to go out. I think he wants – A, I think he wants to play. He hasn't played in a while. I, I think it. they – I think this is – this is their way of getting him reps for next year. I think it's, okay. it's a way to not have him rusty and, you know, uh, I think it's I think it's actually not a bad play for them. Okay, I so really basically do. a low stakes environment. Yeah. He can just he can just go out there and work out the kinks and We're not asking you to be a hero. We're, you know, we're already one and eight. We're in trouble even though we won't say it publicly. We know it, but just I want you to get back to being you. And and hopefully we'll see a different guy maybe. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like with Kyler. Uh I think Kyler Nia side has, has some growing up to do as a quarterback and a leader. So we'll see if that he can show some of those attributes. Cause let's face it, it's going to be hard because they're going to get, getting their head kicked in a lot. So mm-hmm. body language is big with that guy. 
Yeah, man, huge with him. And you got a new head coach that you really haven't been able to really get a feel for in that in-game environment because you haven't been healthy. Um, Another thing he's going to have to battle um, that a lot of people don't really um, talk about enough is um, getting that confidence back in your body. Yeah. Um, you know, when you when you suffer an injury like that, especially in a quarterback in a quarterback position, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer that regardless of how you play the quarterback position, if you're a dual threat guy, um, if you're a pure pocket passer, if you if you sustain a season ending injury, be it if it's ACL or broken leg or um, massive concussions, there's a ramp up period in terms of your confidence. And being able to trust your trust your body, be able to being able to trust your offensive line, being able to you know being able to just play fearless, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, you can't overlook that part of the game, man. We've seen so many court we've seen so many quarterbacks get hurt and they do not come back the same, regardless if they're a pocket guy. Alex Smith, he was a pocket quarterback when he came back, was not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, Carson Palmer when he got hurt back in the day, um, pocket passer when he came back wasn't the same. Um. You know, this play, Carson Wentz, pocket quarterback, gets hurt, not the same guy mentally. And, and that's all I'm talking about mentally. And the mentals is going to auto, always affect the physical, the tangible. So um, the biggest thing for Kyler Murray, you said it, man, you, you know, knock the rust off, get out there, get some reps in a low-stick environment. Um, don't try to be a hero. Get that confidence in your body back. Get that confidence in your game back. And then next year, you know, we attack it full go, and hopefully we can get you a weapon in a draft. Right. All right, so elsewhere, uh, the Falcons stay with Taylor Heineke. Uh, I mean, I don't know how much difference that makes. Um, the, Falcons, them the Falcons are fascinating because they're in a lot more games than they're out of. Than they're out of. They have a good, they have a solid defense, mm-hmm. but that quarterback position, man, is just like there's going to come a point in time where a guy like Kyle Pitts is like, uh, I think I want to go somewhere else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, he's he's in his what third season now. It's second or third. Second yeah. or third. Um, let me just double check that. Kyle Pitts, um, he's not having a, a, a stellar season by any stretch of the imagination. No. Um, uh, 32 catches, 389 yards, one touchdown, um, average of 43 yards a game. I mean, it's, it's not it's not spectacular. It's not, it's not the season we thought he was going to have, right? Right, right, um, right. Let's put it that way. I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of tight ends at this point in the season would take those numbers. A lot of tight ends made a career off those kind of numbers. Um, but – you know, a guy he's in his third seasons, and then I remember he got hurt in 2022, so he only played 10 games. And even then, through 10 games, only had 356 um, yards through 10 games. So he's kind of on pace for a similar season. Only difference is he's actually healthy now. Yeah. So, um, coming off the rookie year with uh, over a thousand yards um, receiving, 68 catches. Um, only one touchdown. You know, he only has four touchdowns through his three-year uh, career thus far. It, it's been – look, he's been hurt, and he's had bad quarterback play, but it's been disappointing. So It has. It has. I think I think he's a guy that, um, you know, next year he's going to be – he's going to be in that fourth season. Yeah. Um, At the end of this season, um, I think they have to decide if they're going to pick up that fifth-year option. Yeah, which I and think they will, but we'll see. I, I think yeah. they will. Yeah. But, you know, again – if they don't get if they don't get some competent quarterback play there, he's going to be somewhere else by the end of that five um, by, by, by the end of that fifth year option for sure. All right, let me give you numbers here. Now, this is understand this is a game that kicked. Or they off might at, trade him. Sorry, or they might well, trade him. Possibly, Never know. yeah. Uh, this game kicked off at nine thirty Eastern, so eight thirty Central, six thirty Pacific. But the game between the Dolphins and the Chiefs drew nine point two million. Uh, the game from Germany. 
It's a lot of people. It's a good number. Uh, like in contrast, the World Series this past year, which was the record low, averaged 9.1 million viewers in prime time. So this game at 9.30 in the morning and in your, where you're at, Tone, 8.30 and on the West Coast, 6.30, still outdrew a World Series game, a World Series, a championship in, mm. in a sport in prime time. It's, it's pretty impressive. The, the NFL is a juggernaut when it comes to ratings, man. If you, look, if you ever look at ratings for a week, just ratings, I'm talking about TV shows, usually three or four of those in the top five of the NFL. Uh, almost always. That's how that's how good they do week in and week out, numbers wise. You know, the NFL is just doing they, they just do an amazing job in terms of making their product a, a 365 day event. Um, you know, when it comes to um, schedule releases and uh, the combine, the draft, uh, free agency, yep, um, the trade deadline. Uh, opening weekend, Thursday night football, Monday night football, Sunday night football, you know, the Sunday afternoon slates, the the international games, um, training camp, uh, the joint practices that they sometimes televise, um, even the preseason games. Mm-hmm. You know, they they do an amazing – the wild cards, they do an amazing job with just making sure their product is being consumed at an all-time high all year no round and, and 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 not many leagues are capable of doing that. Yeah. Um. Yep. So listen, regardless of how you regardless of how you feel about the NFL and how they treat players or their politics and all that kind of stuff, when it comes to business and getting that coin, listen, man. Yo, yeah. It's a, it's a reason they're still paying Roger Goodell what they're paying him. <laughs> no doubt. All right. So one to keep your eye on here because we just talked about them. Cincinnati's playing great. Uh, Jamar Chase hurt his back. There was a play in the game where he went up for one. It was a deep shot. He went up. He landed really hard. In fact, his helmet came off, uh, but he landed very hard on his back. So they're monitoring him very closely. That would obviously be a big blow uh, for Cincinnati if he's out, but we know what a connection he and Burrow have. But that's one to watch because the back affects everything. Um, They play – this this game's way better than we thought it was going to be before the season, by the way. They play Houston at home. Uh, this week uh, at one o'clock, and then then they go to Baltimore, Pittsburgh home at Jacksonville. That is a tough little four game stretch. The, the Bengals better not sleep on Houston. Yeah, they're playing with comp like the way Stroud delivered that game last yeah. um the other day. They're playing with the comp. They, they he's they have an unwavering belief in him now. Yep, like that's the kind of moment where your team, no matter what's going on, they believe they can win the game. Yeah. Um. Again, they're a young team still figuring it out. But the Bengals, I think they are, are you said they're on the road for that game, right? They home the the Houston game is home. Houston's so, home. Okay, so, okay. So, yeah. So the, the Bengals are on the road. They I, I think that's a game that they don't want to go in there thinking that they're just going to lay down. That's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Look, Houston, it feels like every week, you know, gives they're fun, man. I like watching Houston. They're fun. They are. They are. I would agree with that. I, I love watching cool. Tank Dell, man. <laughs> oh, wait, they, look, think about that draft that they've had. Stroud and uh, and the kid out of Bama. And oh, yeah, how's he doing? How How is Will Anderson doing? I haven't really Will Anderson, his numbers, I don't know how eye-popping his numbers are. So oh, Let me pull it up real quick. Will yeah, he, I mean, he's had, like, let's face it. I mean, a lot of, uh, rightfully so, our focus is on, uh, on uh, C.J. Stroud. But I, uh, real quick to uh, Tank Dell. 
28 catches, 454 yards, 16.2 per catch, and he's got four touchdowns. That's that's one of their later picks. He's been awesome. He's been awesome. So, yeah, Will Anderson's been okay. Yeah, he has two sacks on the two season. Two sacks, 30 uh, tackles. 30 tackles. Three he's tackles got three tackles for a loss. Yeah, he's been okay. Nine quarterback okay. hits. You know, uh, he's been – I mean – I think I it's think only a, lot, a matter of time for him. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people thought he would kind of come, you know, come out a little hotter than that. Um, but – uh, it's wow, it's funny. Uh, he, he got his first sack in, in opening day, uh, against Baltimore, and he got his his second sack in his recent game against Tampa. Yeah, so, little gap, he, little gap in between, yeah. Uh, so, um, I you know, I don't, I don't, I don't doubt the talent. Um, some guys just have a slower start to their career. Jalen Carter kind of came out hot. Um, so I mean, look, things like that happen, and uh, you know, he, he's he's kind of like the star on that defense, really. Is I mean, him and uh, who's the corner they got out of LSU? Uh, Singletary, right? Yep. Who last um, year? Yep. Yeah, yeah. He um, he has to stay find a way to stay healthy. Um, but look, man, Houston's Houston is trending in the right direction. Um, they're a team that I, I can't wait to see what they look like, especially once they get some real talent. And yeah. look, um, receivers love to play with a good quarterback. And let's be honest, Texas no state tax. <laughs> who's not going to want to go down there and play? <laughs> yep, very true. Hey, did you see? I, I meant to bring this up when we were talking about the Ravens, just to circle back real quick. So the Ravens have a plus 115 point differential in the league. That is unbelievable. Just just to put that in perspective, the next closest team is San Fran at plus 78. Like they're they're hammering you know their opponents here. Baltimore's playing. They're playing unbelievable football right now. Well, you that s- defense, man. Yeah, 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 78. Well, actually, hold on wait. Let's hold on one second. You said their their win differential is plus one fifteen for the Ravens, right? Uh yeah, Buffalo's plus plus eighty. Plus eighty, plus eighty. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, I shorted so. Buffalo a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, two points. I mean, but in Buffalo, Buffalo and uh, San Fran have kind of they've kind of gone cold. Yeah. Um, but you know, man, one fifteen is insane, man. That's that's nearly a that's about sixty more than the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. So, man, um, Baltimore looks like a, a freight train right now. But again, they've shown us they've had these kind of seasons before. Yeah. Being being dominant. You know, Lamar Jackson with the MVP season. We've seen this before. Yeah. What does it look like in the playoffs? Hey, that's now? the big the, the big question with Lamar, period, is playoffs. Playoffs. That's it. That's right. it. I feel like with certain guys, right? You know, I feel like with certain guys, the conversation isn't about isn't about your talent anymore. Yeah. We're not ta- we're not discussing what you can do in the regular season. We're still at this point. We're discussing what can you do in the playoffs. It's crunch time, no doubt. And I think Lamar Jackson's in that category. I think Josh Allen's in that category. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Justin Herbert's in that category. Yep. Um, Mahomes is obviously in that category. Um, I think J- I think Jalen Hurts is approaching that category because um, people still have their doubts about his ability to play for some reason. I'm, I don't. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, he's he's in that category to me in terms of we're judging him on playoff success now. Because we know what he's going to provide in the regular season, um, but still, you got people who still feel like he's going to fall off some strange proverbial cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like there are certain guys in their careers, we're not talking about regular season with them. It's yeah. all about playoffs and winning. Yeah. And Justin Herbert hasn't been able to win. Hasn't been able to win in the playoffs. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I think he has what like one playoff win or something like that. It's, or, yeah, he needs. Um, this is it. I mean, this is we're getting in that. You're getting that kind of money, and you know the Baltimore team is this good defensively. Yeah. It's time. Yeah. And and that's look. Here's what this all amounts to over there. Over there, I'm meaning the AFC. Is anybody gonna knock Mahomes and Andy off? 
Like, you know, we haven't seen a team repeat in a really long time, but until I see it, uh, unless Kansas City really falls off in the rest of the regular season, they go in as my favorite. I don't care who has the best record. I will take Mahomes. And they got a defense now, so it's like yeah, and they have a defense now. Yep. So even if even if their offense isn't as high octane as it usually is, they got a defense that's going to always give them or give them an opportunity. Yeah. And the last thing you want is Patrick Mahomes with that ball in his hand, and he's only down by six points in the fourth quarter. Um, he's driving down that field, and they're, they're making that field goal. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's it's, it's gonna it's gonna be fascinating to see how this thing how this thing pans out. Um. Who do you have? Did you have an early season Super Bowl uh matchup already locked in? Uh, I thought the Eagles would get back. Um, I did believe it or not. I I, I thought the number two team in the, in the in the conference was San Fran, but I I went with the Eagles and the Chiefs in a rematch. Ah, uh, interesting. I went chalk. I mean, I didn't get real creative with it, but that's what I thought. I still think that. I mean, would would it surprise me if Baltimore? Could knock him off? No, I mean I wouldn't be shocked by that. It's there's a reason why teams don't repeat. It's hard. It's really hard. Think about it. When was the last time a team repeated in the NFC East? <laughs> it's been forever. Right. It's the early. Just, it's, it's the it, early two thousands. And that's just know. the and that's just the division. So yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> that's a good point. Years. That's a good point. All right. Last thing, uh, Justin Jefferson. They've act his his practice window is activated if they choose to allow him to start practicing. He's eligible to come off if they want to do that. Now, here's the weird thing. With all that Minnesota's gone through, and there's been a lot, they're not dead. Minnesota's five and four. They've won four straight despite being down to their third and fourth string quarterbacks. Josh Dobbs is going to get the start this week again for them, which is the right thing to do. Um, But it's got to be a little bit more tempting now than if you were, you know, three and six. Maybe you don't want to rush him back. So you, you might be a little bit more tempted to get uh, Mr. Jefferson back on the field because the guy is, a, as we know, a monster. Absolutely. You know, the thing is, man, the last thing you want is to rush him back. So I would do everything I can to make sure he's good to go because he was dealing with a hamstring. Right. And hamstrings are finicky. Tricky. You know what I mean? They're tricky, very, tricky. very tricky. Yep. And at this point, he's the franchise. Yeah. You know, Kirk Cousins is out for the season and he's not coming back next year unless they decide to offer him a one or two year deal to buy them some time to transition. Yep. Um, especially if they can't move up in that draft. Um, we talked about this yesterday, right? You know, it's kind of sucks being in that middle of the pack when you're trying to get a quarterback. Um, it's either you have to be you have to be really, really terrible to get that quarterback you want, or you just have to hit on somebody you find maybe in the later end of the draft. Mm-hmm. But uh I think I I'm definitely not playing him this week. I'm going to I'm I'm going to literally go behind how he feels. How do you feel? Are you good? And if he says I'm good to play this week, I'm gonna say, well, I'm going to hold you back the following week. <laughs> the player always wants to get out of there. That's the test already, right? That's, yeah. that's, that's my test. Protect them against yep. themselves. Yes. Yep, yeah, that's that's the test right there. Right? You always got to protect these guys, man. Because I'm pretty sure Justin Jefferson probably felt like he could play last week, but yeah. no, nah, we're, 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 you're the you're the guy now, and and we plan on paying you. So we're gonna make sure that investment holds true. Okay. All right. Let's get a timeout. Uh, let's come back. We'll we'll delve back into the Sixers, who uh, are rolling now five five straight wins. Uh, they put yeah. up 146 last night. We'll get into that. We've got the Celtics right. coming here tomorrow as a really good early season test. James Harden played last night for the first time as a Clipper. We'll do all of that and more when we get back. So you don't want to go anywhere. He's Tony Shields in for Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. We'll be right back. Don't go. Anywhere. I remember getting my heart broken 
when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there and it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your greenhouse? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250. Tone, I'm Rob, hanging out with you. Hey, reminder, Thursday, we will have the Wolverine, the X-Man himself, Brian Dawkins, Hall of Famer, Eagle Great. He will be joining us, so we're looking forward to, uh, to talking to B-Doc, as always. All right, Tone, uh, a lot of football, but we let's mix in some other stuff here, if we could, if we could here. Uh, Sixers win 146-128 over the Wiz, um, and Wiz would describe that team very, very well. Uh <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, the Sixers have won five straight, 
after losing by one in the opener against Milwaukee. Joel Embiid, 48 points. Keep in mind, he did this in 31 minutes, okay? 48 <laughs> on 17 of 25 shooting, 14 of 14 from the free throw line, 11 rebounds, six assists. He had 29 in the third quarter alone. Absolute domination. And how about just efficiency? 48 and 31 minutes? Man, unbelievable yeah. effort. Yeah, not just that. You know, 48 on 17 shots. You know what I'm saying? If you include, you, I mean, you throw in the free throws, obviously, but going 17 for 25, man. Yep. 48 points, 14 for 14 from the free throw line. And I think that's what, that's the type of aggression Nick Nurse is talking about that he wants to Tyrese Maxey, right? He said, listen, man, the foul line's there for a reason. You know, go to the line, make them guys respect you, make them guys foul you. You know, and B gets the benefit of the doubt all the time. Yeah. So, listen, this I'm curious, and then, and then let's 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 look at this real quick. Tyrese Maxey, eleven assists, eleven assists. Yeah. Right. Having and be on that roster definitely makes it easy. But, gosh, man, if they can, if if Maxey can continue to just develop and, and be as a continue to does what he does and stay conditioned and stay healthy, who knows what they can do? Oh, man. sky's Maybe. the limit. Yeah, yeah, and matchups matter, right? If, if 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 they get if they get favorable matchups, you know, in the first and second round, you know, you never know. Like I I don't think at least right now I don't know if they're contenders. I don't think they are. When you think about the the, the Denver Nuggets and you think about Boston and you think about I think Miami has taken a step back because they lost some key pieces, um, especially guys that can stretch the floor for them and Max Struess. And they also lost the other guy, Gabe Vincent, to the Lakers. So, um, outside of Boston and Milwaukee, who else in the East? You know, yeah, that's the thing. There isn't. I mean, they could. They could, they're very well. I think the third team. I mean, you, you know, could you make a couple of other arguments? Yeah, I guess so. I I'm not a believer in Atlanta ultimately, or the Pacers, yeah. or any of that. Yeah, uh, Cleveland. Cleveland, and Cleveland yeah. If they can get healthy, sure. Yeah. Um, the Knicks right now, if I'm being honest. As long as Julius Randle's on that team, they're not going anywhere. That's yeah. my honest opinion. I'm not a Julius Randle guy Nor at I. all. Yeah. Um, I don't like the way he plays. Um, I feel like I feel like he thinks he's greater than what he really is. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I agree. Like, as, as far as I'm concerned, that's Jalen Brunson's team, dude. Oh, it's and, not even close at this point. It's it, yeah. it has been since he arrived last year. But here's the thing, Maxi. You know, 21 and 11, you know, you're looking, we're, we're asking, can he be a point guard? Can he do what you have to do? Well, 11 assists yesterday. And I, like I said, Nick Nurse called him out for being more aggressive. Uh, I thought he was more aggressive, uh, you know, in yesterday's game. The other great thing is you finally got Nick Patum, uh, who came yeah, over, that, you know, from the Clippers, cool. who had some personal stuff. But, man, he ends up going four or five from the floor, three or four from three. And it, and it feels like they got a couple of guys now that are real legitimate bench threats. I mean, Ubre didn't do much last night. He's been starting lately as they're trying to figure out the lineups and all that. But if you can bring Batum and Ubre off the bench for for punch, you know, guys who can hit some some threes as well, uh, you know, you got to – this team's much more balanced. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. I think, they're, I think they're significantly more balanced. You know, it's so crazy. Everybody got minutes last night. So you were able to kind of see how, you know, how some things worked and everything. And uh, I'm curious to see um, what's the next step for Paul Reed in his development. You know, he went three for three, played 14 minutes, uh, gave you six points. 
Um, his plus minus was plus nines, and I gave you six boards, two assists, a steal, you know, two offensive boards. Um, I'm a par read guy, so like I'm, gen- I'm genuinely curious to see um, how far his game can go. Um, Robert Covington, um, he gave you something. He gave you from he, he gave you something off the bench as well. Yep. You know, um, this team is definitely definitely much more balanced. Um, it's just a matter of you know, can they stay healthy? Um, what's the what's the ceiling of this team? I think that's the real question, right? What's this team's ceiling? Um, as of right now, um, I think they can get out of the first round. The question is, can they get out of the second round? That's that, and that's something they haven't been able to do even in previous seasons. Oh, no question. I mean, look, there's that's really uh, and this, here's the thing: you, you you're torn. At least I think people are are torn a little bit between enjoying the ride. And and no, knowing how it ends, <laughs> and well, no, and rightfully so, seeing saying like, give me a break, I'm not buying into this again, and talk to me when they get there. I get it for people who do that. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna choose to enjoy the season because I love the sport, right? And I want to see the team do well, and you know, I want to watch Embiid and Maxi develop together, and I want to see how Nick Nurse coaches his team. So I'm gonna choose to watch. I get it. It's always in the back of your mind as a Sixers fan. What. And, where it goes. I, I was in that camp. Yeah, I was like, in that I'm camp. I'm gonna enjoy it though. That's where I'm at. And, and, and look, you heard, you know me, Rob. I told you even in meetings, you and D Gun. I'm like, I'm, I don't know. I'm not really interested in this team at all, right? Yeah. Because I, because I, at that point, I didn't know what the James Harden saga hold held for us, right? Right. Right. But now, and also, like, like, look, the reason most of the time, especially in, in years past, for me at least, I haven't been optimistic in the playoffs because I know how the Ben Simmons thing ends. Yeah. I know how the James Harden thing ends, right? But now, with Jordan Embiid and Tyrese Maxey and this new nucleus or whatever, I have no idea what this team like. I have no idea. Again, like I said, I have no idea what this team's ceiling is. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what Tyrese Maxey's ceiling is. We knew it. We knew the James Harden. We we know we know him. We knew what Ben Simmons' ceiling is. Tyrese yeah. Maxey, I have no idea how good he can be. Um. I have no idea how good this roster can be once they get 40 to 50 games under their belt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So 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 it, it has reju- it has rejuvenated um, my interest in this team again for sure. Again, they're just a much more pleasant watch and it you don't know you you don't know what the ceiling is and I think that's exciting. Good early season test tomorrow. So they get the yes. Celtics. Yeah, Boston comes in here uh you know, they finally uh lost a game. But what an amazing start they've been on. I mean, look, the records are the same. They're both five and one. But Boston had won their first five games. Um, so this is, you know, we're going to find out a little something here. You know, and I know it's early and a lot's going to change by the time we get into the to the dog days and later in the year. But good. I'm glad they're getting an early test. Like the Sixers beat the, uh, the Suns the other day without Booker. They won the game nonetheless. But for the most part, the, the wins have come against some bad teams. Now they took Milwaukee to the limit. They lost by one in Milwaukee, but here's the wins that the Sixers have had so far. Uh, Two against Toronto, who's terrible. Portland, who's bad. Washington, who's always perennially stinks. And Phoenix. Yeah, they got some injuries. They didn't have Booker or or, uh, Bradley Beal. Exactly. If I'm being – look, there are two teams in the West that I feel like they leverage so much on their star power. And that's the Clippers and the Phoenix Suns. Yep. The Phoenix Suns had so much depth. They were so balanced um, in the Monty Williams years. You know, they traded for Bradley Bill. They gave up so much. 
and then they traded for KD, gave up so much. Have no idea if their star power can carry them through the playoffs. Um, you know, with the lack of depth they have, right? Um, you know, and also defensively, what does it look like as well? So, um, look, this is so early in the season. This is the oh, it's early. It's, it's early. so it's so early. You know, yeah. we have so, no idea. We have no idea how to you know because matchups matter, all that kind of stuff. Right. Phoenix is still a team that you don't want to see in the playoffs because of. They, they they have legit shot makers. Yeah, you know they're, I mean? if they're healthy, it's a whole different deal. Yeah, if there's ever a series where Phoenix faces off with Clippers, I'm taking Phoenix every day of the week. Let me give you a couple of other things, and we'll get to Harden in one second. But the uh, the Nets lost to the Bucks last night. So Ben Simmons in 33 minutes, three uh, two points, one of three shooting, didn't go to the free throw line, um, did have 15 rebounds, uh, but 33 minutes, three shots. That that's tough to do. That's tough to do, but he pulled it off. Uh, How do you? So, you're a basketball player. Yeah, I don't understand. Start. Like you're. I'm telling you, this 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 dude is a punch uh, a punching in kind of guy. He comes yep. in, punches his ticket, goes home, and plays Call of Duty all damn night. Like he yep. he's he doesn't care about being great. He just he, he just shows up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's a go- big check, right? He's he, he's a I'm still I'm willing to say Draymond Green is still better than him. Well, like to me, if he, he is a legitimately good rebounder, but let's stop with this charade that he's anything other like he's a he's a five, a, a poor scoring five or a poor scoring four who can rebound for you. He can't score at all. He doesn't want to score. He doesn't want to get fouled because he doesn't want to go to the free throw line because he can't shoot free throws. And yes, is he a good uh would he be a good passing big? Yeah, but this guy was the number one overall pick. Uh, it's just, it's amazing to me. Like what, yeah. what's happened there. All right, let me, let me go over to Harden. So he made his debut as a Clipper last night, 31 minutes, 17 points, six of nine from the floor, two of four from three. He got to the free throw line, hit all three. He had six assists. So he put up pretty good numbers in his first game as a Clipper. He was efficient. efficient. Definitely. That's a good way to put it. Uh, but they end up losing to the Knicks. Uh, RJ Barrett had 26 uh, in the game, had a big game for them. And, uh, Randall had 27. Um, but nonetheless, you know, that to me is just going to be fascinating to see where it goes, you know, with, with him, because I, I just think it's not something that's going to happen right away, but as time goes on in this season, as we get deeper and deeper into this, that team, they're going to have guys that are banged up. They're going to have guys who are unhappy with their touches. They're not getting the ball enough, all those kind of things. It is only a matter of time with them. Yeah. I don't really see. i I like the Clippers roster last year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I like I really liked it's unfortunate Paul George and uh what Kawhi got hurt in the playoffs, something like that. Uh, just, Kawhi and George, yeah. Yeah, and then Russell Westbrook was left Russell Westbrook did the best he could to lead that team. And I think they pushed uh who did who did they who knocked them out? Was it Phoenix that knocked them out last year? It may have been Phoenix. Um yeah. but they 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 pushed them. Let me let me double check that really quickly. Um because I liked what I liked what um, Russell Westbrook was doing um, last season. Let me let me pull it up right here. Okay, yep, they lost to Phoenix in six game, five games. They won the first one, and then Phoenix just kind of kind of took over from there. Um, I, I I feel like James Harden. Listen, they got James Harden. He's a, he's off our hands. I'm happy about that part of it. But in terms of just the, the overall ceiling of their team, man, 
it just seems like conflicting com- like it, it doesn't fit to me it doesn't work it doesn't yep. fit to me at all and i don't and i don't and i think james harden is going to implode that team yeah i would agree i think it's uh i, I think there's a lot of guys who are implodable on, on that squad and it's it's a matter of time <laughs> before the implosion comes it, it's not an it's not an if it's a when uh that happens but uh again not the sixers problem and again it feels like there's there's just a freshness around the Sixers that that's kind of been you know mm-hmm. moved on from. It's, uh, it's it's that new car smell, you know. Yeah, <laughs> very much, very much so. Um, uh, Bronny James is, is still hopes to play this year. Um, if he's cleared, you remember he had the uh, the yeah, cardiac. Yeah, man, that, uh, that, that was scary, man. Yeah, that's, very scary. Um, enough. if he passes a medical examination later this month. He will return to practice with the intention of appearing in game game action this season, uh, according to his dad. He suffered cardiac arrest um, during a team workout in July. He underwent successful surgery to remove what the James family referred to as a likely congenital heart defect. Um, so they're hoping to get him back anyway. But they have, you know, they have high hopes for the season. They're they, they're loaded with talent that USC team. So yeah, man. Yeah, I know. So, I, I'm just. I hope. Uh, take take your him, time man. with this stuff. This is not an ankle or something, man. You know. Right. Exactly. It's not an ankle at all. It's it's the heart. So just gotta be. Just gotta make sure he. You know. He has the. He has the first, second, and third wind. You know what I mean? Just. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Can't yeah. can't play around. Can't play around something like that, man. Same thing with like CJ McCollum. You know, the lung can't play around with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he. That's the second time. I'm not comparing the lung and the heart, but that's the second time for McCollum with that, man. That's that's. That'd be a little troubling. Uh, if I'm if I'm him, for sure. Yeah, man, definitely. Uh, but college uh, college hoops kicked off last night. A couple of upsets. James Madison beat Michigan State, among wow. some of the other some of the other big ones. Yeah, so uh, pretty cool see, there. The, the, see, there are so many games. Like I, I kind of just lock in once we get once they get closer to the playoffs. Sure. Um, but those college games, man, they be intense. Oh yeah, they get intense. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, lastly, the Flyers play tonight. Now the Flyers. Uh, they're off to a five, six and one record, but the team that they're playing tonight, uh, the San Jose sharks, not exactly off to a great start. They are zero 10 and one. They have one point this entire season. Yikes. I remember when the, I remember when the San Jose sharks were actually good. Yep. Man, that just fell off the, fell off the rails, man. And their logo was pretty cool too. So it's like, you know, come on, man. (laughs) I know. So, um, all right, that'll do it for us. Fun show as always. Tony and I back tomorrow as well. Want to thank all you guys in the chat, uh, room. We appreciate you and everybody streaming and everybody listening. You guys are the best. Shout out to our boy D gun as well, man. We're thinking about you, man. Thinking about you and the family. As we always do. Uh, all right. Uh, don't go anywhere because you have the national football show with Dan Cilio coming your way. We're looking forward to hanging out with you guys tomorrow. So we will see you tomorrow. For Tone, I'm Rob. We are Sports Take. Thanks.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.